Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Gucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. We have a great show for you this episode as we get you ready for the NFL draft next week. And we'll also talk some NBA at the end of the episode But we have a special guest with us today to talk about the NFL draft. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Hey, I'm really excited about the guest that we have on. Hey, man, this this dude's a beast. I'm only on this show today to hear the knowledge you're going to drop. But also, too, before we start, I want to know, is this this attire acceptable or am I still a bandwagon fan? Because I know I don't want to make you guys upset. Well, we're we're talking about football the nfl draft and you're wearing miami marlins gear so i i think that's a fashion faux pas but you know what hey to Ooh, each their own your name hey what you got name, your sat look at you with the foreign big your, words your, your name is on the show first you I know it's you jt I bet you can't and the dawn so li- you can do whatever you want it's spell your it. show we we just we just talking on it spell, your show spell, we just talking on it so let me welcome in. All right, enough of JT. So let me welcome in. You all know him really well by now. He's a multi uh, uh, guest appearance expert for us, our in house NFL expert, former NFL lineman, Kendall Calhoun. King Ken, how you doing uh, today? How you doing today? And thanks for, for coming on the show again. Hey, man, I'm doing great, man. Ready to get back to the show. We can talk about some ball, man. Yes. The last time yeah. I kind of I got you on that uh Super Bowl <laughs> prediction, though. I told you Brady hey, was gonna find a way. Every time you so, come on the <laughs> yo, every time you come on the show, one of your predictions hits. So hey, that's why we got you on, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. Hey, we're gonna have to limit the kind of questions he can answer going forward because that boy don't miss and he always gonna talk shit. Until he come back on the next show, it's a it's a give and a curse. We love him, but damn, he making us look bad. Stop being so right every time you come on here. Hey, I hope you keep being right because eventually ESPN's gonna see you, King Ken. So, hey man, yeah, you don't see me on there with Shannon Sharp. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So oh, let's let's um. Let's get into it. Again, thank you for coming on. It's great to have you back on. So the NFL draft is fast approaching, as we mentioned. It's going to be held next week, April 28th through the 30th. So this is one of our favorite, if not the uh, favorite sporting event of the year for us. So Kendall, King Ken, lead us off here. First question. All right. Straight out the gate. Tell us. Who is the best player in this year's draft? I think the best player overall who's performed the best while in college has the best resume is Sauce Gardner from University Woo! of Cincinnati. Shots fired out the gate. Long, 6'2", runs a 4'4'7", 
never has given up a touchdown his whole career. Sooner the game, like he's clutch. Like I've seen this kid, like it comes down to the last second of the game and he'll get the pick six and just completely change the momentum of the game. Like those are qualities you can't coach that. Like that's something you have or you don't. So all right, JT, who you who you got as the best player? Hey, hey, hold on, okay. hold on. First of all, we just we're not gonna bump right past his answer. First of all, hey, he's the we, expert. Who we, am we, I? I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with it. The only thing I'm gonna I'm say is guy. I understand. I know I like I like Sauce Gardner too, and we had a previous show where I was I'm with you on the analytics. Say, boy is a beast. But we're not gonna slide past the fact that he's a sensey guy, and I, and I get that. And I feel like I was—I I was hoping this wasn't gonna be the theme, but I feel like it's gonna be a theme, and that's just the way we're gonna roll. So, hey. with, that, with that being said, I know you're, you're gonna be mad sprinkled. at me. <laughs> with that being said, I know you're gonna be mad at me. I actually hey. been a, the biggest critic of this guy. I think it's the guy <laughs> that he's competing with to be the best corner. I think it's gonna be Derek Stingley from LSU, and I'm really saying this to really troll Don and I want you to be right for once at some point, the hype and the talent have to match up and he has to be productive. So I'm assuming at some point it's going to come together in the NFL. And if it does and everything catches up, I feel like he'll be the, he's the best player in this draft. Cause I think he has the highest ceiling. Kendall, I don't know if you know this, but JT does. This is why he says he's trolled me a little bit. Derek Stingley's been my guy since, since like he's been recruited. But I'm I'm gonna go JT. I'm gonna go with the other hyped recruit, the number one recruit in the 2019 class, Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, this it, this guy has the most talent of all the players in the draft. He's the best player. If we're talking about straight player talent in the draft. Um, I mean, elite first step, the dude's 6'5", 260, you know, in 10 games this past year, seven sacks, 12 tackles for losses, but he was a 2021 unanimous All-American. Guys, he ran a 4'5", 40 with that frame. He led all edge rushers with 27, you know, bench reps. I mean, the guys, it, he's just insane. 91 and a half pro football focus pass rushing grade this past hey, year. Hey, man, it's, how you get that subscription? It's filthy. How you it's get that subscription? Filthy, though. Hey, I'll don't, wor- don't worry filthy. about it. Don't hey, worry hold about on. I know, you didn't, I know you didn't pay for that. I paid for that. How you got the login? <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, I hacked, I hacked yes, in man. to get that login <laughs> from you. <laughs> so I, I've got Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau. So. I I think all three answers are really solid, though. So let's go to the flip side of it. And, Kendall, you'll get a theme on this show. JT loves this question. I don't know why. I think he likes to feel good about himself. So the question is, who is the most overrated player in this draft? Okay, I really didn't have, like, a super overrated player. Just based off the mock drafts I looked at, I saw a lot of people had um, Matt Carroll from Ole Miss. They had him up like neck and neck with uh, Malik Willis and had him over um, Pickett from Pitt and had him over Desmond. I was like, I don't think he's that. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a top 10 pick. No, I don't think so. Okay. So you've got the Ole Miss QB, Matt Corral, JT. Who Who's your most overrated player? 
I feel like I'm saying this guy is overrated strictly because of the position that he's being drafted to play, but I feel he's actually going to be good if they can coach him up to play a different position. And it's Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, the safety. I mean, you just look at a safety in the NFL that's that big. He's stiff. He's slow. He's strictly an in-the-box guy. Yeah, it's Mark Barron 2.0. And you see this, you know, throughout the draft process every every time. There's always a safety like this. Is a big, big hitter, and it's like that's just not the way the games play. Like, look at a guy yeah. like Taylor Mays at USC. Like, you know, those guys just don't translate well. I actually think if Hamilton switches to linebacker, I think he has upside because the dude is a beast, like as a run defender in the box. So you're looking at a guy maybe like a Darius Leonard or a Fred Warner, where if he could put on some weight and keep the athleticism that he has, I think he'll be special at linebacker. But as a safety, I think he's the most overrated player. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised two two good answers and I'm surprised none of you went with um Trayvon Walker. Everyone all of a sudden has him going number one overall. I and bet you got to him me. Too. I don't even know if he was the best D lineman on that yeah. on that team in, yeah. at Georgia. I think I think it was Davis. He won all the awards. Yeah. Trayvon Walker. Yeah, Ke- Kendall, you tell me so. this: nine and a half sacks in three seasons is that impressive? No, Just I mean like ten in one season. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah Miles from Michigan. He... Yeah, Miles Garrett in three seasons had thirty-two and a half sacks, and Miles Garrett went number one overall. So for you as a D lineman, you've got to put up similar numbers. And this is the funny one. Going back to Pro Football Focus, thanks JT for your login info. He ranked. He ranked. Listen to this. He ranked four hundred seventy-third among edge what prospects. Is- an overall pressure rate. So that's basically one-on-one win rates, even from the interior of the line, even though he may move to edge in the NFL. 473rd? And you want you want him to go number one overall? Not, not buying let me, it. Let me ask you a question. Do you get Vernon Golston vibes from him? Um, that's pretty good comparison. Do you? That's, that's what mean, it I'm sounds like. You feel like it is. That's what it sounds like. I, I mean, those are great stats you rattled off. I mean, I should know I paid for him, but I mean, that's, those are good stats. I mean, he, he looks like he should be the number one pick, but when you turn on the tape, like maybe it's not, you right. know, matching what you, what you think it should. And that's what Vernon Golston was. Everybody saw this dude was killing in the gym, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but couldn't tackle anybody. So yeah. I wonder if that's what we're looking at. And I didn't think about it that way at first. Right. That, uh, like I said, I think that you might be right. That might be a good comparison. So let's go to the flip side. We went overrated. So, Kendall, who's the most underrated player you feel right now in the draft? Okay. Uh, well, I know uh, JT was messing with me and said that I would be heavy on the Cincinnati. And I may be slightly biased, but for my underrated, I have a um, wide receiver, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. 6'2", ran a 4'3", as a 40-plus inch vertical. Like, come on. And he's a sleeper. Like, nobody knew. Like, he wasn't All-American. He wasn't all that. He was torching the kids from Alabama. He, he was torching the kids from Notre Dame. Like, they they couldn't – like, Notre Dame, they had two people on him, and he was still, like, snagging on all those kids. Like, come on. Hey, Kendall, don't don't worry about it. Him. Hey, be biased toward your Bearcats. I'm not yeah. faulting you. It's it's JT hey, that I'm is. I'm providing the numbers, man. I'm saying I'm going off what they're doing, like with him and Sauce. I'm like, okay, y'all can say, boom, we're playing Tulsa or something. Y'all can like say like whatever. It's not high competition, but they both were balling out against 
Notre Dame and um, Alabama. So it's like, I mean, if you're a baller, you're a baller, regardless yep. of the school. So I agree. Go out. JT? I know my man was in charge of the pro day, man. I, I feel it. He got he got all the stats. Hey, hey look, Sissy, we've been you've been telling us for a while there's there's talent there. I mean, we started to see it. So I can't really knock you for that. That's the definition of an underrated player. But I'm actually shocked you didn't go on my pick because I feel like this dude, I've been beating the drum for him, I feel like for the past year and a half. And he's definitely gonna fall. And it's Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa. And I know he's going to fall because he's a smaller guy, what, only 290? But let's not yeah. get it twisted. He is probably the most athletic pivot to come into the league since Jason Kelsey. And if you don't think, if you don't think that matters, ask any run game or offensive coordinator. It, having a guy like that, especially from the center position, that can pull, not just pull, but get on the edge like at an elite rate like that, how that opens up the yes. running game, how that improves your yards per carry. Like, I don't know why people are just like, they all about size of the interior when people are showing that doesn't matter. But I tell you what, you get a guy like Tyler, as athletic like that in your run game, whether it's a zone scheme or not, I guarantee you your running backs are going to see holes bigger than they've ever seen before in their life. And their yards per carry is going to go through the roof. So he is the most underrated player to me, and it's not even close. He kind of reminds me of um, Marquise Pouncey, his athleticism, because Marquise, he's probably like 290. He probably weighed like 290, 295. So athletic. He Like you see him on the street, he's just like a regular guy. But when he put on those pads, man, he's like a villain. So, yeah, those athletic centers, they're hey, definitely hey, hold, hold on, hold on. A regular guy to who, who? You? Who was like six, seven? I mean. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Like, you wouldn't me. expect. He's like it's six, like... five. <laughs> <laughs> he walking on me. Ain't regular about that. Kendall looks down on those guys when they come up to him. That's why he said, oh, that's a regular guy. Pouncey's a regular guy. Linderbaum, regular looking guy. Like, oh, geez. I mean, I was like, He's okay. six, five with your JV. I'm sorry. That's just, for people who don't know, this man is six seven six eight, and he talking about <laughs> Palsy is a regular dude. I'm just letting you know he ain't speaking for us regular bitches. He talking about himself. <laughs> you know, when I coached with Kendall and I would be talking to him, people would thought that I was one of his players because he, you know, like I'm 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 older than him, and he's a grown man. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Look at him coaching up that player. You know, meanwhile we're coaches together, so. It's like Arnold Arnold talking to DeVito. I get it. (laughs) Wow. See, Kendall, see what I got to put up with, you know? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Thanks, Kendall. See, at least least one of you on this show has my back. Um, Those are two good underrated players. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that seems to be slipping and, but he has all the skill has, has the, has the numbers. Um, and it's unfortunately from the Florida Gators being a Canes fan, but, uh, cornerback Kair Elam. I mean, he's been slipping to the second round, but he's a first round talent six, one, um, at, at the corner spot. He ran a four, three, nine 40 at the combine has great ball skills on top of that. So I think he's the most underrated just because of where he's projected to be taken slipping to the second round at this point in the mock drafts. So Great start to the show, guys. I think all of our picks so far have have been really solid on fire. But this, as JT and I always say, this is where you make your money. All right, Kendall, this is why we bring you on, or one of the many reasons why 
is this specific category. Kendall, the sleeper of the draft, who we will be talking about for years to come, that this was the steal. This was the sleeper pick. Well, so with this, I kind of went with the offensive lineman. I went with um, <clears throat> I went with uh, Brenhard uh, Raymond. He's an offensive lineman from Central Michigan. And the thing about that is Central Michigan, they have a really long history of great offensive linemen. You all might remember um, Joe Staley, played for the 49ers for a long time, definitely Hall of Famer. He reminds – like, he looks exactly like him, long, athletic – mean, nasty, quick, all those things, and not many people are really talking about them because you have, like, Neil and Penning and those guys like that. And I really feel like he is – like, I actually remember um, – I, like, go through – I watch – you know, I study off the line. So, I actually saw when he was uh, – I think he signed as a tight end at uh, Central Michigan. And he converted to offensive line. And I was, I followed his strength coach on Twitter. So I saw, like, his um, development as a player. So he is, like, I think he's really – he's going to be well. That's, that's, like, a true sleeper. Like, it, sleeper, sleeper. <laughs> like, yeah. is, that, is that number I don't think he'll be in the first – I don't think he'll be in the first three rounds. I mean, I think he'll probably break, like, round three probably. But, yeah. yeah. Is that the, I, the right tackle? That's what you're talking about for Central Bishop? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think he, yeah, yeah, I think he's a beast too. I think he got really good hands too. Like I, I've been, yeah, I've been seeing his name flying around. I've been seeing some of his highlights on Twitter. Like yeah, he's nice, definitely I like sleeper. Him. I, I like that selection, Kendall and JT. We always say, right, that is why we bring you on, Kendall. That <laughs> info right there, man. That's what we love. That's why we bring you on. That's why the fans listen to you. Um, and now, unfortunately, I got to throw it over to JT for his for his prediction, which ain't going to be as good. I hate this question because there's so many players you can You came up with the question. I said sleepers. I feel like you took the S off the end when I sent it to you, but whatever. It can um, only be one sleeper, bro. Come on. There's so many. I got like six, man. So if I got to pick one of these, uh, my heart wants to say Traylon Burks because I feel like he's A.J. Brown Jr., but I feel like that's too easy. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper into my bag because I, I feel like Ken, he went with an unknown guy. I'm gonna go with um so I know don't he's st- not don't steal don't steal my guy. No, no, no. I don't think you have this guy. I know he's not gonna get drafted probably day one for sure. He'll be lucky to go on day two, but I think it's Sam Williams, the DM from Ole Miss. And I promise you, anybody who's listening right now, just go Google Sam Williams, defensive end Ole Miss, and tell me if that dude don't look like a top 10 pick. Like, he looks the part, and then you look at the stats. 12 and a half sacks last year, four forced fumbles. The only reason, obviously, is the off-field issues. I think he missed, like, eight or nine games in 2019. Um, had a lot of off-field issues surrounding, like, uh, like sexual assault and stuff like that. So, I know he's coming in with question marks, but I feel like if he can clear those hurdles, I think this dude's going to be a beast and somebody's going to get a stud if they can draft him and keep his head on straight. All right. All right, so we go – one offensive guy, one defensive guy. Um, I'm going to go with the inside linebacker from Montana State, Troy Anderson. Um, he had 150 tackles this past year, and he was actually a former quarterback and running back, a former quarterback and running back that switched over to the defensive side to inside linebacker. And, I mean, put on the highlight reel of this guy, 
lights guys up. I mean, he lights running backs up. I can't wait to see this guy, see if he can, you know, uh, transfer that over to the pros, maybe the Steelers, you know, they kind of, they always need linebackers. So, but Troy Anderson from Montana state, remember, remember that, remember that. I'm not going to lie. I've never even seen him before. I just Googled him right now. Yeah, he looked like he would keep crazy. He'll light you up. Anybody with a goatee like this is psycho on the field. You're right. He might be a bad sleeper. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, JT. You don't give me too many compliments. I, I give you props. That dude looked crazy. <laughs> All right. So, which player, Kendall, do you envision making the Hall of Fame out of this draft? So, who is your lock for the Hall of Fame in this draft? Honestly, I'm going to go with our boy Malik Willis from Liberty. Ooh, okay. Hear me out. He has the athleticism. It's not as high as Lamar Jackson, but he kind of reminds me of Michael Vick because of his arm. Because Lamar, he has like Lamar, he's a good passer and everything, but I think Malik is probably a little bit better than him as far as accuracy and arm strength goes. So, yeah, I like him. Okay. I think he's definitely a game changer. Yes. Hey, I like it. My Steelers might take them, so I hope that's a good sign. I hope that's a good there. sign, man. He ain't going to be there. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, hey, I maybe we trade up. <laughs> yeah, I give him the first five. <laughs> <laughs> JT, who you got? I, I've learned my lesson with this pick. You can't be super flashy with it, and I think that's why I failed in the past, so I'm going to play it safe. It's Evan Neal, and I feel like he's too freakish to not be an all-time great. So God made him that big for a reason, and I feel like (laughs) this is why. (laughs) Just just for me to make this pick. So if he's that big and that gifted and he just can't get it done, then I'll I'll find another method to pick this, but it's got to be Evan Neal. Like, he's the safest player to pick for this, so that's what I'm going with. You like that, Kendall? Hey, man, O-line, I know you got to like it. I like it. I do like it. We'll We'll circle back to that later. Okay. I figured we'd I figured we'd get back to that one because you haven't mentioned him yet. So um I I agree with you, JT. I've been I've tried to be too flashy in the past. So I'm going with who I think is probably the second best player in this draft. And you mentioned him earlier. I'm going Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, well, he is bound for greatness and he's bound for Canton. I mean, I, I don't see it any other way. Like if he stays healthy. He's going to be that shutdown corner. He's going to be that Revis. He's going to be that Champ Bailey. I mean, just name the guys in the Hall of Fame like that. So I'm going Derek Stingley Jr. All right. So last ones like this. All right. And this is a, this is always a tough one, but I think our guy Kendall uh, hit the hit the nail last year on it. So Kendall, I'll start with you, man. Who do you see as this year's like Jamar Chase? Justin Herbert, um, you know, Rayshon Slater type guy, meaning which rookie will be a first year Pro Bowl player? Okay. Straight out the gate. You know how you always talking about playing it safe. I thought about this pick and I'm going to go with Evan Neal from Alabama because that kid, his measurables off the charts. Funny story. Um, I was actually training 
while I was still playing back in 2018 and 2019. And I was actually on IMG's campus. So I saw this kid when he was in high school. He was actually about the same size as me. And I was like, what's his name? They were like, Evan. I was like, he's going to be a baller. I Like, that kid, he is he's wow. definitely a baller. Man. So it's safe to yeah. say you did not think he was a smaller guy like Pounce. Oh. He, he was not a he was oh, no. not a regular looking no. guy. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, <laughs> you you know you know Evan Neal is a big dude. When kid asked, he asked for his name. He's like, "Who that man over there? Who is that?" <laughs> yeah, kid. Like he's like seventeen years old. <laughs> That's wild. His workout videos is crazy too. Like this man up there oh. doing all these box jumps and all that stuff. I'm like. He, he looked like a gymnast. It's insane. Yeah. His athleticism is off the charts. So, Kendall throws out another O-lineman. I'm sure he's going to have more to talk about on O-lineman. So, JT, who's your uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert type guy next year? I want to pick Evan Neal so bad. The only, only reason I'm not going to do it is – I think I, I really want to see where he ends up before I think he before I comfortably say he's going to be in a good situation. But as much as I hate to admit this, I think it's going to be Derek Stingley Jr. Because I think whoever drafts him, they're going to need to throw him into the fire. He's going to have to have the most, you know, game action. He's going to have to be ready from the jump. And if he's as half as good as the talent and the scouts think he is, then I think he's got the best shot to make a Pro Bowl as a rookie. Yeah, I. I, I like that pick. The only thing that worries me and why I didn't go with him is sometimes rookie corners, they just struggle early on for whatever reason sometimes. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's not it's, that it's, they it's, don't... it's either they, yeah, they, yeah. they the best or they just – it's that, that yeah. year's a wash. It's J.C. Yeah, Horn versus Patrick Sertain Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Because the receiver so, vets are going to try him. Right. And the, and the, the jump, the vets are going to try him. Yep, the quarterbacks, the receivers, yep, absolutely. So he's going to have his hands – he's going to have his hands full, not to say he can't do it, but I'm going to go with a guy that I just think – I just think as an edge rusher, he's going to get sacks, right? He, he may not be on the field all the time, but he's going to rack up the sacks, and people are going to look at the numbers at the end of the year and put him in the Pro Bowl. And I think that's the uh, D lineman from Purdue, George Karlaftis. I think I think it's going to be him. I think he'll have that impact where he doesn't need to be out there all the time, but he's going to have enough one-on-one work that he's just he's going to fill the stats. And at the end of the day, that's what the Pro Bowl is going to be about. And guys will bail out, and 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 he'll he'll find his way to the, to the Pro Bowl. How you say his name again? George Carlaftis. I gotta trust you on this one because you're usually really spot on with the pronunciations. I, but I feel like you're wrong about this. I feel like I haven't heard it that way, but you might be how right. Do you, how do you say it? How do you say I it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I, I, haven't I, it, I, I haven't written it down. I, I pronunciated it, so it I'm can't be too him, far off. I'm just calling him GK. That's why I, I ain't trying to hey, say that, man. That's going to work for him when he's in a Pro Bowl, and I look good for exactly. once, finally. All right. All right. So he kind of already alluded to this, so we are, we're not going to have a draft show and not talk about quarterbacks. So let's go with the rookie quarterbacks. But I really want to talk about this in particular, and you can say this is a JT topic. I don't care about this one because I, re- I, re- I really wanted to talk about it this is. with you guys and, and hear your thoughts. But it seems that, you know, every year, like, there's there's times like this where people are questioning, you know, whether this quarterback class is good. So 
it seems like the last couple of years, multiple high quarterbacks have been taken and the prospects are really good, but it seems like this year they're really down on them and nobody thinks these guys are worth a high draft pick. So my first question to you guys is why are we seeing inconsistent years of good quarterback prospects? We're like this year, the quarterbacks aren't as good. And last year it was like an all time great class. Like, why do you think we're seeing that inconsistency year to year as prospects? Ken, what'd you think? Um, <clears throat> like, you know, like how people always say the game is always changing and something that I kind of thought about, I think a lot of the college guys, they are trying to imitate the guys that they see in the NFL, like the guys they're trying to make those Patrick Mahomes try to play, trying to plays and things like that. But I'm like, you can't, you're not throwing the Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, like you can't be doing that. So I think it's a little bit of that and just, <clears throat> just the change of the game, like, it's always been like kind of um, they I guess they're trying to transition more towards like the past type of league just to reflect the NFL. A lot of teams are doing that. So I don't know. I think it's a transitioning period, but I think it's going on right now. Definitely. With football so, overall, like from offense to defense, special teams, I think it's transitioning. So so you so you think the reason we're seeing inconsistent quarterback prospects is because they're just not ready for the next level of play consistently? Yes, All that's right. what I think it is. The competition level and like right. the yeah, I just think it's competition. All right, Kendall, Don, what don't, you think? Kendall, don't be fooled because this is a this is a question that I like to say is a JT type of question. He is creating drama and unnecessary questions where this doesn't it, it, like. What what are we talking about here? <laughs> Why are we seeing inconsistent years of quarterback prospects? You go back to 2018, four years ago, Lamar and Josh Allen, 2019, Kyler, 2020, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts. Last year, Trevor, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Like, what's inconsistent here? One out of five years where maybe you don't have these elite quarterback prospects and we got to make a big deal about it, JT? Come on, like, this always happens in terms of 1983. You have that great class with Marino and Elway, and then – who do you come back with? Like that just happens. It's a cycle. And, it, and you can go through all of the positions. You can go through O-linemen. Look how top heavy it is this year. But I bet you if you go back two or three years ago, it probably is not as top heavy. No. Like D-linemen's the same way. Like this year, top two guys might be D-linemen, whereas the past two years, it's been quarterbacks, no doubt at the top, Burrow and Trevor. So like it happens and let, let's not make a big deal about it. Like these guys, whatever the cycle may be because of transfers, you know, like if Spencer Rattler had a great year, he'd be coming out, right? So, like, it all depends with the transfer portal and guys needing to be out three years at a minimum out of high school. Like, these things happen. Injuries may happen to some of the, the higher echelon quarterbacks. These things happen to say inconsistent years. I, I'm not buying it, so I ain't falling for the trap. <laughs> but then again, you all said the thing <clears> – <throat> Wasn't that the class with Lamar when Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold? Right, yeah. Josh Allen. Yep. Oh, yeah, so we those guys, yeah, but, those but that's like, always going to happen. Go, hit go miss, yeah. Yeah, JT, go back to 1983. You had Marino, yeah. Kelly, and Elway, but then in there. I mean, I can't go back to 1983. I wasn't you, even born yet. I mean, it doesn't matter. Pull up, pull up the record books. <laughs> pull up the draft. You got Wikipedia, bro. You hey, go look at Ken O'Brien. 
How old are you at eight? You had, you had, don't worry about it. You had Ken O'Brien. <laughs> oh, no, he's like, go back to 1983. You know, because I was there. I lived it. I don't know. I wasn't born. I, listen, I lived it. I don't remember it. But I lived it. I just don't remember it. No, actually, um, I, I like those answers. And you guys kind of went a different way than I thought you would, which is excellent, which is why I like having these conversations. Ken actually brought up kind of something that, that sparked this, this thought process to have this conversation like guys like Sam Donald and Josh Rosen. And the reason, the way I looked at it was quarterback prospects and quarterback classes being inconsistent. I think that is a false, as a false narrative. And I think it has more to do with the NFL teams and the talent evaluators. And I'll tell you why. One, the answer to the question is, NFL teams are going to draft the players that they feel comfortable with. And the players traditionally that they feel comfortable with are the players that come from power five traditional schools. Like you look at the draft last five years, 25, 21 players have been drafted on average each year in the sec down to 10 from the big 12. So that tells you where they're pulling the talent from. So I think part of the reason why these classes and these quarterback prospects are looked at as inconsistent is the best schools aren't producing great quarterback talent and you look at it. So let's just look at, you know, the traditional big schools. You got like USC, Bama, Georgia, uh, Texas, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Michigan. I'll even throw Clemson in there. Cause they're, they've been really good lately. So you look at those schools, right? I'm going to ask you a question. How many pro bowl quarterbacks do you think, let's say in the past decade have come from like schools that are like on that stage at that level? Bama doesn't have any, like, Bama and Ohio State, like, their quarterbacks don't do, and outside of Brady, Michigan's quarterbacks, like, who's really, you know what I'm saying? And Brady really said that he wasn't, like, a true, like, blue blood, like, because he had kids, like, Shea Patterson, those guys that start for several years, and they don't, you know what I'm saying, pan out. So, yeah, I mean, Shea Patterson, you know, he's in the USFL. Yeah, and that's the point. So yeah. and I know, and I know the, like he's a cool dude, but I'm saying like he's not, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I mean, based yeah. on the projection and going, you know what I'm saying? You just started at the University of Michigan, you started at right. the University of Alabama, Ohio State, you're expected to, you know what I'm saying, at least you're you're expected to be great, right? Yeah, yeah. right. So in the past decade, from those types of schools, only five guys have made the Pro Bowl. Think about that. And I'm glad you mentioned Brady, because Brady is one of them. He's made eight in the past decade, right? The other he's is carrying Car- it. <laughs> he's carrying it. The other guy he's is carrying. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, and then you got Matt Stafford. Like those are three of the five players from those schools in particular. And I guess if you want to throw a Mac Jones as an alternate, it'll be four. But think about that. That's not a lot of guys that are quarterbacks that are coming from these major schools. So I think NFL teams feeling comfortable in where they draft, and if the quarterbacks aren't there, they just don't think it's a good class. Now, the other part of why I think you're seeing inconsistencies with these quarterback classes is I've been saying this for a while, and I don't care. I might be wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like recruiting services have ruined the quarterback evaluation process because I always say this to Donato. If you are a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, teams are more likely to covet you from high school to the pros regardless if you disappoint or not. And I'm going to tell you why the stats back that up. Since 2012, there have been 16 five-star quarterbacks that have been consistent across the board. You know how many of those quarterbacks have been drafted? 12. And it's 
Yeah, it's really 12 of 15 because one of them is not even not even in the draft. JT Daniels is still in college, I'm assuming, right? So 12 yeah. out of 15 guys that have been a five-star coming out of high school have been drafted. Only two guys out of those five stars have been Pro Bowls. Like, so that yeah. tells you that's not the way to go, even though the NFL thinks it is. And then if you look at five-star quarterbacks to make the Pro Bowl the last 10 years, you only have three. So that's three guys out of a max of, let's say, 60 spots in the past decade have been five-star recruits, yet they're getting drafted at a high rate. And then look at last year's class. It was billed as the best in years. You know why? Eight of those 10 guys that were drafted were either five-stars coming out of high school or they played at one of those big-time power programs. And, like, look at some of these guys, like Matt Jones. Davis Mills was a five-star recruit. What did he do in college? Sam Ellinger, Texas. Ian Book, Notre Dame. Like, even Kyle Trask went higher than he should have when he went to Florida. So I think the inconsistency in prospects year to year is how scouts and teams perceive them based on what, you know, where they play and what their accolades are by these recruiting services. And I don't think it's always based on the actual talent. And I think that's why you see the inconsistency on quarterback classes being labeled as good or not. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, sorry, I cut you off, Donato. But um, because okay. <clears throat> I mean, you have kids that are ranked out of eighth grade, and they already have NFL comparisons. Like this kid's their freshman, sophomores, and like, oh, projected NFL first, second round. I'm like, he can like go to college and tear up his knee like the first time he practices and never play. Like it's that's insane. And going towards the scouts portion. I'll say, like, some teams, like, make bad decisions. Like, there's no way in no circumstances should Trubisky have gotten drafted over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Like, under – like, what? Like, whose decision was that? You know, the funny thing about Deshaun Watson is, so he is – he is, in the past decade, he is the five-star recruit that has the most Pro Bowls. So it's really only him, Cam, and Jameis Winston with one. Like that's it. Like every every other five star that's been drafted is 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 it's really not not really looking well. As a matter of fact, if you go back a decade, you know who was the first five star quarterback that wasn't drafted? It was your boy Gunner Kill. <laughs> like like he was he he was the first one in 2012. It was him and Jameis Winston. And I guarantee you, if Gunner, if like you said, if things didn't go left with him in college, he would have got drafted too. But it's like. They were hyping him up like the whole entire time, even though he switched schools from Notre Dame. Like he came to Cincy, he played well, but you know, might have not done what people thought he was coming out of high school. Like yeah. it's like, give us a reason to not draft you if you're a five-star yeah. quarterback. His, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, his hot his high school, um, his NFL comparison was Peyton Manning. Like you can't like you you hang like a high school kid, you can give him that type of like he has to live up to that type of expect like expectation. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that. So I'll let Don go because I know he's, he's itching to jump in. And this is also part of the reason why everybody is saying that next year's class is going to be so good because you look who's in it. You got Spencer Rattler, who you guys talked about, five-star recruit. You got Bryce Young, five-star recruit, plays at Bama. C.J. Stroud plays at, plays at Ohio State. Like, these guys are high profile, and I feel like – it has nothing to do, like what you said, like these kids could clearly not be ready to play in the NFL, but because they're either a five-star or they play at this major school, it's like, okay, like next year is just going to be this this great quarterback class and everybody's hyped up about it. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. 
I kind of disagree with you guys. The, the recruiting service things and, and ranking guys and comparing them out of eighth grade, that is a little ridiculous. But there's a reason, guys, why they're a five-star. Then on top of that, you have college recruiters, right? Like, listen, they can look at the four and five stars, but at the end of the day, when they go see C.J. Stroud, like they have to ask themselves, hey, is he an Ohio State guy? Or is, or is this ranking wrong? So now you've gone through two sets of eyes, right? The recruiting services, college recruiters, and head coaches, right? Like Ryan Day is going to get the final say on C.J. Stroud, right? Dabo Sweeney is going to get the final say on Trevor Lawrence, right? And these are guys that one has a national title, the other one's gotten close and will continue to get close at Ohio State. And then on top of that, after that, you've got the mock guys, right? Kuiper, McShay, all of those guys. And then the other set to go through is the actual NFL scouts. So you're telling me we're going through four different sets of eyes that are all professionals, right? The, the college recruiting service, the college coaches, the NFL recruiting services, like Amel Kuiper has been doing it for 40 years, and then NFL coaches. You're telling me four sets of eyes of professionals are getting this wrong all the time, JT? It's so, not that they're getting so it me, wrong. So, so let me. So let it's me. not that they're get, Hold on. It's not that they're getting it wrong based on the five star, and that's what they're comfortable with. What they're getting wrong is sometimes this is an imperfect science. That is why a guy like Tom Brady out of Michigan falls at a sixth round and becomes the goat. This is why a guy at a smaller school ends up being a great player. It happens. Guys fall through the cracks and other guys that are supposed to be the cream of the crop, they fail. Whatever it is, off-field issues, pressures that they couldn't handle, expectations they couldn't live up to, or maybe they were just really good in college, right? But for whatever reason, that skill set, that size, whatever it may be, or injuries doesn't translate to the NFL. It happens. Every team has gotten it wrong multiple, multiple times. So to only blame it on that, that's a little bit of a stretch. Does it happen? Sure. But it's a little bit of a stretch. And I'll say this. And of course, of course, I always think you make good points. But here's why I think you're wrong. And I said, Ken, you can, you can disagree with me or agree with me if you want to. I feel like the reason why I'm saying this is go back to your scenario. First of all, Ken, you've been in this situation before with scouts and you, you know, you both of you guys coach, right? Let me ask you a question. Are you more comfortable saying, I feel like CJ Stroud is my guy if you're going to his pro day at Ohio State or if you're going to his pro day in Montana? I'll, I, I'll go first, Ken. Go, go ask the Steelers, JT. They went. No, the no, 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 no. I'm first. asking you. I'm asking you. No, but Ohio State, because it's competition. No, exactly. Me, exactly. I, I would say that's one of the evaluations. But if the guy at Montana can throw the ball 100 I'm, yards I'm not, on a line I, in the, the air Donato, like Brett Favre, Donato, Brett Favre Donato, went to Southern Miss. Don, Don, What's let me that repeat, got to do with Don, if you can, let me repeat, if you can let me sling the ball, question. you can throw the ball. Question. Let me repeat this question because you clearly didn't listen to me. The players <laughs> I, are not I different. It. I heard it's it. the same you just don't guy. like my answer. C.J. Stroud? If he's at Ohio State or C.J. Stroud at Montana, I'm telling you, if C.J. Stroud was at Montana, he'd be Malik Willis. And that's why they're saying this quarterback but class is if, not good. What? But How, if that, that's Montana one guy, was that, playing like Pac-12 teams and stuff like that, okay, maybe. But the thing about it, none of what I think me and JT are getting at, the only thing that like, the scouts are evaluating – if C.J. Stroud went to Montana, you, the only thing you can go off of is his film from Montana and his pro day. 
that's the only thing you can really go off of in the team that he you. plays at Montana. Thank you. And also Maybe to if add he plays on in the All Star game, if he plays like in the All Star game, he gets invited. But, but also too, like, like what, but, like what top what five quarterbacks saying, are going to the Senior Bowl? They're most of them are leaving early anyway, so they're not going to that. And also but, too, yeah. no, also too, another thing to kind of push back on you, Don, is look at the quarterbacks that consistently have made Pro Bowls over the past, let's say, fifteen years. Like they're all three stars or worse coming out of high school. So what this tells you is. The NFL teams, like, they, there's enough data out there to tell you what you should be looking for. And I feel like this is why you get that narrative. Some years these classes are so great, and then you get years like this where it's not. Like, there's a reason that next year's class is being built as this, like, the next great one. It's because the guys have the accolades come out of high school, and they're playing at big programs. Like, that's basically it. And NFL owners have said that, you know what, if we strike out with, you know, meeting this criteria, we're fine with it. And I, I, you, you can't convince me that it's otherwise, like, because that's what the stats say. So Malik, will you, you went through this whole reason of how recruiting services, five-star, huge college, and then failing the pros. And, and now you're saying that Malik Willis, the reason why this class is not strong is because Malik Willis is not being hyped enough because he went to Liberty. Well, let me tell you this, JT. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I don't think I don't think quarterback classes should be hyped over one over the other like year to year. Like I think that's stupid. What I'm saying is there's a reason why people are consistently saying this quarterback class is down compared to last year's. Because like last year's quarterback class, will you admit did it live up to the hype? No, because all those guys sucked last year. And it happens. And it happens. But Trey Lance, where'd he go? Where did Zach Wilson go? Those aren't power. Those houses. are the only two. Those are the only two out of eight. There was only the four. There was, there was only there was, there was there was ten quarterbacks draft last year. I already gave you this. The only two were those guys. See, but you got to forget about the guys at the end. Like we're talking about the top echelon ones. That's always how a draft so, class so is ask, measured. So, so let me ask you a question. So let me ask you a question. Who was, who was taken in the seventh round so, of the so, 1983 draft as so a quarterback? Ask, no one remembers. They remember so the all ask, five so first let rounders. Ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, and then we'll, then we'll move on. Oh, the, re- the, re- the, re- the reason why I'm, I mentioned the other guys like a Kyle Trask or Sam Ellinger. I guarantee you those guys got taken later in the draft because of what they were in high school and where they played. And if, okay. um, I'm not saying Malik Willis, specifically him, but if there was a guy at Liberty last year, you got to push him down a few draft spots and he might go undrafted because these guys feel more comfortable developing but an JT, Ian or Ellinger really? or Kyle but Trask. And I, they're, they're, it, it, I what have those guys done? I get that, but part of the eva- and that's why I said part of the evaluation is competition. And let's not and, and let's not mince words. Yes, defenses but, in the SEC in the it's Big Ten. True. Look at look at how look can at you the, say they're not better? because whoa, look whoa, whoa. at the Pro You're Bowl. telling me look at Hold the on. Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Look at the quarterbacks that are consistently making. Forget the Pro about Bowl. that right now. Three stars or less, and they're not from big power schools. Where did Russell Wilson go to school? Where did he go? Where did Josh Allen go to school? Where did he go? What are you talking about? Russell Wilson went to a power five. But I'm saying like Wisconsin, Wisconsin is not one of those top schools where people look at it and say, oh, a quarterback is yeah. coming out of there. That's, what, that's the point I'm making. Okay. But again, again, not every year is an Alabama quarterback going in the first round. Not every year is they, a Clemson quarterback going in the first round. But when they when they're supposed to be, that draft class will be considered great. But but it's because of their talent. Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback. Trevor Lawrence won a national title as a freshman 
torching Alabama. I don't understand what your point is. So you're saying Trevor Lawrence is only drafted because he went to Clemson. Good to know when he becomes a perennial pro bowler. I'll remember that. I don't think he would be a first. I don't think he would be the first pick. I don't think he'd be the first person off the board if he went to NC State. I I mean, I I mean, I disagree. I disagree with that. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, who played LSU LSU with the most loaded team probably the past ten years. But that's my whole point. Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow played at Ohio State and he played at LSU. Now I'm not saying he's not talented, but I agree with Ken. If he played at Duke. Yeah, it, it depends what he would have done. JT, if he won, if he won, Daniel Jones went number six. If Trevor Lawrence, with his physique and his skill set, wins an ACC title and beats Clemson, you better believe he's going you know, number you know, one. You know, funny, you know what's funny? Then we'll move on because I, I I did not expect this to get stuck on this this long. Yeah, because it's a JT <laughs> question. If, it's if ridiculous. Trevor, That's why. If, if Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor oh. Lawrence went to Duke and let's say he played well, if the Steelers drafted him, you'd be hesitant. But if he came from Clemson, you would not be as hesitant. <laughs> well, and that's the point. And you can't convince me no, otherwise. So move your on. point move is – no, 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 no. Your point is not – Oh, Your point is not how – Your point is not how I feel about it. Your point is the Steelers would never do that because he's from Duke. And I'm saying you're wrong. If Trevor Lawrence went to Duke, he's still the number one overall pick. If uh, if no, he no. if he did exactly no. what he did at Clemson, no. JT, if, if he won a national title at Duke – Oh, if he won a like, national title at Duke, he's not, he not going to number one. win a national championship at Duke? Like, like now you just got to be funny. What did, tell me what Daniel Jones did at Duke. Tell me. He went number six overall. Uh, anyway. And Trevor Lawrence is way better than Daniel let, Jones. Let, you, you can't defend that. Did Daniel Jones play at Duke? Yes. Did he go number six overall? Yes. Is Trevor Lawrence way better? Yes. So how did can Trev- you sit here and say Trev- Trevor Lawrence Trev- isn't going first round? All right, all right, all right. So, That's ridiculous. Like, this, this, this last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to move on. Who had a better rookie season, Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones? It doesn't matter. The whole point who, is who you just, a, said, just, you just said he wouldn't just, just draft Just answer the question. Trevor I don't Lawrence, know. I would probably Daniel say Jones. Trevor Lawrence because he's you still going to have a job you next crazy. year. You crazy. <laughs> is he going to have a job with you Jacksonville? Crazy. Yes. You crazy. Is Daniel Jones going to have a job with the Giants? Probably and, and, not. And let's not let's, let's let's not let's not ignore the Daniel elephant Jones in the room. got his coach let's, fired. Let's, he can't be that good. Let's not ignore the uh, elephant in the room. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, all those all-star receivers like your boy Justin Ross. As soon as he don't have guys like that, what did he look like in the NFL? Exactly. Daniel Jones played a better rookie season than Trevor Lawrence. All I'm saying is it matters where you go. So Ken, let me ask you this. We did all this arguing. Do you believe there's a franchise quarterback in this draft? If yes, who is it? Uh, when I had my um, franchise quarterback, I also had Malik because I said you can build a team around a quarterback like that. And it would be like the easiest. Like, you know, similar to how I know I keep going back to Lamar, but the Ravens, they build their entire offense around Lamar. Like they have powers and counter plays. They're just straight quarterback counters. Like I don't see anybody else running plays like that. And it's like genius, really, because you can use the running back who would normally be getting the ball. You can use him as another blocker. So, like, that's what those powers they run with him, like, they bust, like, 12, 15 yards per carry. Because if you have, like, a quarterback like that, it's, it's a game changer. And like I said, he's I feel like he's a more accurate passer than Lamar. And 
I feel like he would be a definite franchise quarterback. Gone. I, th- there's always a franchise QB in every draft, whether it's the first round, the sixth round, like it's just a matter of numbers, right? One is bound to emerge. I mean, I don't know who it's going to be. I, Kendall, I had Malik as number one on the list if I had to go, but it could be Malik. It could be someone like a Carson Strong, even though a lot of people may not think it is, but he you could turn got, out. You ain't got be- no guts. How are you not going to pick Kenny Pickett? He, I, I mean, you've got other guys. All, all I'm saying is you've got so many different ways to go that one franchise QB, of course. You've got guys like Eric Barrier. He threw for over 5,000 yards, 56 touchdowns. Bailey Zapp, 50, over 5,900 yards, 62 touchdowns. He broke Joe Burrow's records. Like, all I'm saying is there's got to be, I would say the odds are there's going to be a franchise QB in this draft, whether it's a Hall of Famer, I don't know. Who it is, I don't know. I'm just throwing those names out there that I put think there's going to be one. You don't have to explain, but just put your name on one. Who do you think would be like if you had to pick one? I, I would put I'd go with Malik Willis, too. All right, cool. So he, I think he's going. I think he'll go. I think he'll go first of all the QBs and he'll get the most opportunities. And if he's in the right spot, he can sit, which means he'll he'll develop into that into that quarterback. All right, cool. So we're on agreements. I do think Malik Willis is the franchise quarterback in this draft. And I think it's for two reasons. One, has the strongest arm in the draft. I know Ken's talking about, you know, he can kind of throw at Lamar. Like, no, he can spin it. Like, You think he has a stronger arm than Carson Strong? I think he does. And I like Carson Strong. I do. I do. And I think it's a combination of him being having the strongest arm and being the best runner in this draft. And I said this before, when you can really run the ball and be a competent passer, that's the fastest path to success in the NFL. Like you see it all the time. And I was reading a crazy stat. They were saying like on pro football focus, his grade as a runner was so good that if he was strictly a running back, he'd have a second round grade in the draft. Like that's crazy. (laughs) That's insane. And And also too, like, Going back to the schools, it's not his fault that Auburn is a wasteland and they can't develop players like Liberty can. Like, I'm sorry, like he is going to be he is going to be a franchise quarterback. And it's not it's it's no doubt about it. Well, that was part of my other argument I was going to say was, yeah, he's at Liberty now, but he was highly touted, went to Auburn. And maybe part of the reason why people are hesitant are is, well, maybe he didn't make it at Auburn. What what does that say? You know, neither neither, neither has. Neither has Bo Nixon. He's a five star too. So, yeah, Joe Burrow. He got kicked but out. Of where did, but State, where did but Bo Nix? Where's Bo Nix going though? Where's he going? I think he's going to another Power Five school. That's the yeah. difference. So if he can do it there, then it's a little different. All right. So everybody's in agreement. Malik Willis is next up. I like it. Hey man, Malik, if you listen, we're rooting for you. Do your thing. Uh, Especially you if you become a Steeler. <laughs> he ain't gonna make it that far. Oh uh, no. All right, so I, I'm excited about this next segment. So as y'all know, Kendall is one like one of our favorite guests to have on, but he's also setting the record today because he's gonna be the first guest on our show to have his own segment, and it's actually named after him. So this is the first edition <laughs> of King Ken's Court. So I know we show love to quarterbacks, we show love to all the running backs, receivers, but we want to make sure that we show love to the guys that's making all those guys successful. And that's the big guys up front on the offensive line. So, Ken, here's how it's going to go. We're going to rapid fire you. We're going to give you a category slash award. 
And you got to let us know which offense alignment in this draft cast class matches up to that superlative. So that sounds good? Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to start off with the moneymaker first. Best pass blocker in the draft. Go with Evan Neal. Very long arms, light on his feet. He can get out of his stance, snap of a finger. So I definitely like him as pass protector. All Alabama. Right. So Evan yeah. – Evan Neal, right from the jump. I like yeah, that yeah. little little explanation too. That that's why we bring on Kendall. He's the only one that can talk online stuff like this. Love it, love it. All right, so you got best pass blocker. Got to go to the flip side. Best run blocker in this draft. I have a Cam Equano from NC State. That kid is. I don't know if you all have seen his film yet. He's strong as hell. That kid is <laughs> filthy. He's a whoo. He's a baller. All right. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like strong I feel like he might get this next award then. Uh, <laughs> so this this is the Richie Incognito Award. So this is for the <laughs> nastiest, toughest dude out there. Uh, I'm going with Trevor Penning, Northern uh, Iowa. Yes. You all saw him play in the senior bowl. Yep. That's a kid. Went to a smaller school, D1AA. Playing against First round projection. guys. Throwing them out the club. Guys from Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, out the club. You got on the wrong shoes, out the club. That's a fake ID, out the club. He plays like he's not playing. He's throwing them out head first, huh? Throwing them out. They don't match the dress code. They got to go. He's, I like him. All right. All right. So we go from, from the Richie Incognito Award. I like that, JT. We go from that to this is the, the only category here in King Ken's court that we're going to talk defensive linemen because we know Kendall don't like them. We know King Ken, they're not allowed on his court. So this is the only one. We're just going to call it the castaway. All right. Who is the one D lineman in this draft that you would be most concerned? I'm not going to use the word scared because we know King Ken don't get scared. But <laughs> yeah, because if, if they 6'5 or under, he not get scared. <laughs> <laughs> they're just regular dudes at 6'5, 280. So, so who are you? Would you be most concerned to be left alone with on an island if you know one of these uh, rookie or to be drafted defensive linemen? Hutchinson from Michigan. That kid, he okay. is like he's one of those defensive ends that he could play three technique. I won't say nose, but he can play all around. So he can play the edge, the three technique, probably bump out, cover a few people. But I don't know if you all remember his viral clip when Michigan played against Ohio State. He was tra talking trash to Ohio State's left tackle, and he just, like, steamrolled him. Like, even before the play, he just called him out. And I'm like, that kid is – that's – man. He's <laughs> the bad dude, huh? Bad that's dude. That's a bad boy. I'm actually, I'm actually curious about this answer. So do you – is it his versatility that would make you nervous, or is it just the fact that he's just a strong-ass dude? This is versatility because he can go from – he can go as a straight speed rush and run around you. He can do um, – and he can do a power. Like he can take two steps hard outside and then just go straight in with the power and push him – push people right into the laps of the quarterback. And Mike, going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, he's doing this to linemen from Ohio State, Michigan State, Big Ten. Like these are – the best, some of the best offensive linemen like in college football. So 
he's doing against them. Like, he's legit. All right, so Aiden's the guy. All right, so this next award name, this is the only one we probably did not agree on. But since I'm a nice guy, I'm going to give you the one that Don came up with. Well, what, we could just go with the generic no, one. No, on no, 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 no. I, I want to give. You, I want to. I want to give. You talked me out of it. You, you talked me out of the name. Well, let's 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 see how it goes. We could change it next year. He said that this should be the Robert De Niro Award for <laughs> his role in the movie Sleepers, which I disagree with because everybody knows Sleepers is all about Rizzo. So, they name it the Rizzo Award. I don't know. What do you want from me? But I feel like Rizzo don't fit because they'd be like, yeah, oh, see, no Rizzo? one knows Rizzo. But the movie's about Rizzo. Um, so who is the sleeper office alignment to you in this draft? I have Penny and I have him there because like we were talking about earlier, there's a bias with the school you go to. If Penny, if he had the number, he performed how he did say if he went to Ohio State or Michigan, he'll probably be neck and neck with Neil and my guy from NC State. I think it's just like one of those things like, oh, we don't know what he can do. But he showed out in the All-Star game, the senior bowl. So I honestly think, yeah, that kind of plays in the factor, definitely for sure. His conference he played in, which I really don't feel like it should. But, I mean, it's the world we live in. So, All right. All right. So Trevor Penning gets two awards here. Yeah. So the next one, no disrespect to this guy, but we named the award after him. For most, who do you think will be the most overrated O lineman in this draft? So this is the Tony Mandarich Award. Mm-hmm. Um, the overrated. I know this is gonna throw you all off, but I have Evan Neal as overrated. Uh, ooh, interesting. Because wait, listen, listen. Because he just he has just as many inconsistencies as Penning. Cross from Mississippi State and um, Iquim from NC State, but because the SEC bias, everybody in here knows it exists. If you start at Ohio State or Alabama, you start offensive line, you're going to be a top five, top ten pick just off the strength. He's definitely, like I said, he has the measurables and everything, but his film, he's just as he makes just as bad. Um, it's is and everybody else. Like I've seen him get beat on the edge. I've seen um him not I've seen um um defensive ends like not get reached by him and everything. So like he's good, but I feel like that bias of the school he's going to and the presentation, I think that definitely plays in the factor. But you're but, saying he's he's legit. It's just maybe a little bit too much. Too yeah, much. I don't hype. think. I just look. I think too the gap hype. between him and everybody else, everyone by everybody probably thinks it's about this big, but in actuality, it's probably right. like this big. Got it. It's kind of like um Swole from last year. Yeah, I Swole was good, but I wasn't really big on him because I was like, I'm not super impressed with him. But they were saying that he was the best offensive lineman to come out since like. It said something crazy like um, Trent Williams or something. I was like, I don't think so. But he was like, yeah. Rashawn, Rashawn Slater signed me up. Yeah, I was like, no, I see it. But hey, listen, I'm going to pick him first anyway. But I'm, I see what's going to happen. I'm, I'm not yeah. disagreeing with you on the Tony Mandarich award. I'm, I'm, quick, hey, who, who am question, I to disagree? Quick question before I go to this next award How comparable do you think Evan Neal is to somebody like, let's say, a DJ Fluker when he came out of Bama because I feel like they both had like 
that kind of hype because they were so big, so athletically gifted. But like Fluker wasn't exactly what you thought he was when he got in the league. Yeah, um, I see the same kind of um, the comparison there. But um, he's definitely – I think he's more athletic than DJ. But, um, yeah, definitely still that SEC bias because that's um, when DJ was playing. That's the year they um, beat Notre Dame National Championship. And all those guys, they had uh, Warmack, Fluker, those guys on the offensive line. Like, so, that's what I'm saying. I think it plays into a factor with him being from Bama. Yes, that was the saddest year of Manti Teo's girlfriend's life. All right, so this next <laughs> award – is the Orlando Pace Award. So this is the lineman that you're going to give your Hall of Fame pick to. I'm going to go with Ikem from NC State. He, that he, like, I was really, today, I was really watching, I watched several of his games. He is just like, He's a good pass blocker, but his run blocking, like, he comes out of the stance, perfect level, hands tight, right inside the shoulder pads, finishes. I saw him run to the second level, knock down a linebacker, kept running, knocked down a safety, running back just sprang right for, like, a 30, 40-yard touchdown. Like, that's just instincts. So, I really – he just has like an ear to the game. Like he just is aware of like the field, like he has great field awareness. Like he knows where the running back is at all time while he's running in the opposite direction blocking you. So as the, the NC state fans and team know him by you're going, you're going with icky, huh? You're going with icky. Yep. <laughs> all right. Last one on this uh, list here, Kendall, the Rayshon Slater Award, you got it right last year, so we named the award after him. The O-lineman in this draft that will do the best right out of the gate. Um, I'm going back with my man. I can't, like, I can because, uh, like, he has the – like, he has – I feel like he's the most complete offensive lineman from, like – Based off film, gameplay, measurables, like football IQ. Like he is, and I've seen him, like they even send him out on screens when he just goes and lays out a cornerback. Like, and that's really hard to do, especially like coming from out of your stance and running around and going out in space and blocking a corner. Cause like those guys are like a hundred almost like 100 pounds less than you when they're shifty. They're some of the best athletes on the field. And for someone to run out there and consistently block those guys in spring 30, 40-yard games, like, that's, I can deal with that. And he's still big enough and strong enough to block down on a 330-pound three technique and move him out of a hole, like, on the power, like, on his deuce blocks. Like, that's – I mean, that's all you can ask for. And I feel like he can play tackle and guard. With Neil, he'll probably never play inside a guard. But um, IQ, he probably can play both tackle and guard. All right. So you've got Equenu with three, with three yeah. of these awards. All right. So he's the guy, JT. That's yeah. the guy. He's, him and Penny. It's Icky. Penny. Icky and Penny. Because Penny got two, right? Yep. Yeah, Penny. All right, all right. Hey, hey, Ken, thank you. That's my, you just made my decision in Vegas. Boy, 
But Bama boy, he's Write gonna be down. like the golden boy. He's gonna be like how Swole was last year. He's gonna be the golden boy. He's gonna have all the hype. So that's why Mike, he's gonna get enough accolades. So. Okay, I like all it. Right. Hey, just like last year with Sewell and, and Rayshon. Yeah. All right. That that was JT. We got to get a sponsor for the King King Ken's Court, man. <laughs> we we got to get one next time Kendall comes on. We got to find a sponsor for it. I don't I don't know. I don't know who it'll be. I don't know who it'll be, but you know. Armor. Is, is, is there a king a king smoothie or something? Um. Well, yeah, smoothie king. Smoothie, smoothie king. king. Yes, that's smoothie what we should get. There we go. Smoothie king. That's what we should get. All right. Get or you could get the restaurant medieval times. You know, there's there's a couple of those still around. So there. Oh, OK. If you can find them, <laughs> there's one in the DMV. Kendall, I don't know if you know that in Arundel County, bro. I've heard of it. I haven't been. Before. Yeah. At, at you, the ain't, mall. you ain't missing much. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to one. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that that was fun kendall great job as always that that was a that was a fun segment there so last segment of the show this is really why everyone comes here because when they're watching the draft they're going to be thinking about this show thinking about our mock draft the top 10 the top 10 all right so we're going to give our picks based on how we think teams will draft not what we would do but just based on the intel that we have, we know uh, JT has the dark web over there, so he gets all this info somehow. Kendall played in the league, so he's got his connections. I know he was, he was uh, you know, Chris Mortensen, Schefter. He was on the phone this week, and then you just got me where I just guess. All right, so we're going to do it based on how we think teams will draft, all right? And so we're just going to go 1 to 10. All right, no suspense here. Go one to ten. So, Kendall, you're first. Go one to ten. Who do you got Jacksonville taking? I have him taking between Evan Neal and Akeem um, Aquano. You got to pick one, man. You got to pick one. You know the way it is. You got to pick one. But, like I said, I think the SEC bites them come in effect, and I think they're going to take Neal. Okay. Because, I mean, Trevor definitely needs some protection. Hey, you got to buy insurance for the car. So, okay. (laughs) Yes, sir. So then Detroit Lions come next. Who you got? I have Adrian um, Hutchinson, defensive okay. end. All right. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Texans. Texans, one of your one of your former teams. Who do they take? Yeah, I have your boy Kayvon. Um, yes, sir. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah, he's nice. I like that pick. I like that pick. Then I feel like I know where you're going to go with here, but. New York Jets. They got two in the top ten. Number four, who do they take? Honestly, I had them taking whoever doesn't take between Neil and um, I came. I have them yeah. taking whoever is the other two. So I guess I'm going with a Kim. Okay. They um, all right. Pick, so. And then you got the other New York team, the Giants, taking fifth. Go and go, my boy Sauce. <laughs> They need some star power on that defense, man. You know what I'm saying? You got Daniel Jones come back healthy. You got Sa- Saquon finally back. Like, that might be the spark that they need. All right. All right. So, first corner off the board, your guy, Sauce. Uh, number six, Carolina Panthers. Um, I know JT's probably going to get mad, but uh, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Safety. Whoa, okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know your LSU boy, like seemingly everybody that's all you here, but I don't know. He just, I don't know, like his size, he just kind of, I know he's not. All right, don't say I'm saying, I'm really comparing him. I'm just saying he kind of reminds me of Cam Chance a little bit, like off the size and everything like that. He just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he gets like a coach to develop him a little bit more to work on the flexibility and things like that. He can probably develop into I like a type that. of safety I like that. that. I like that. And then the Giants, their their second pick there of the top ten at number seven. Okay, so with the Giants, Nate Solder, I'm not sure if he has officially retired yet, but I know he's like getting really older. So he's probably about to hang it up. So I see them taking um, Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State. All right. So I say right. it's a solid pick for them. Okay. Atlanta Falcons at number eight. I have Garrett Wilson, the receiver from Ohio State. So they have, um, you know, Calvin getting in trouble and everything like that. Like, <laughs> I guess they need a, another receiver to come up because they lost within the last, what, like, Three with the last what like four years they lost age they lost a uh, Julio and they lost Sanu like yeah I think it's about time for them to get a Calvin, high pick receiver yeah Calvin Ridley being ha- hanging out with JT too much in uh, Las Vegas <laughs> so number nine Seattle Seahawks I'm gonna go with the boy Malik Willis Ooh. I'm gonna say that because Seattle's offense wouldn't need to do they wouldn't have to do a complete revamp because I see a little bit of similarities between him and Russell, the way like the dual threat and all that. So I think that'd be a really good fit for them. Yep. Like I said, Steelers, I don't think I don't think he'll be there for y'all. I think he'll be gone. Yeah, they don't get a shot. <laughs> um, and then at number 10, the Jets, they got their second pick of the top 10. Guy we haven't talked about. He also is a really good defensive end. Um, Jermaine Johnson, the second. Ooh, okay. Defensive yep. end, Florida right. State. Yep. He's one of those guys that come in third down, third and long, give a good, give a good stop for the team. So. All right. All right. Hey, I, I like it. We'll, we'll get back to those, Kendall. I'm sure JT's going to have a question <laughs> or two for you on it. So, JT. Go ahead. You know the teams now. You know the order. Give us your one through ten. Damn, I feel bad going after him because I feel like I need to blow my whole shit up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, but no, I'm going to stay true to what I predicted. Uh, Jacksonville, number one, I got Trevon Walker, D-line out of Georgia. I know we we went through all the reasons why he's overrated, but this got Trent Balky written all over it, so I think that's where he goes. Hype is out of control. Number two, Detroit Lions. This is why the Steelers don't have a shot. It's going to be Malik Willis at number two. They have to take him after passing on a quarterback last time around. So I like that pick at number two. Number three, the Texans, I got him taking your boy Aiden Hutchinson. The four pick, the first Jets, I think this is where the cornerbacks start going. I got them taking Derek Stingley Jr. He's the SEC guy. But number five, the Giants, I do got them taking Sauce Gardner as well. And I think that'll end up being the better pick probably. Number six, Carolina Panthers, I got them taking Evan Neal. And then right behind them, the Giants with their second pick, I got them taking um, Akim. I mean, Kendall sold me on that pick more than anything. Uh, now, here's the thing. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. Y'all probably going to really disagree with me or really like what I got to say. I think they're going to take Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. Ooh. I think he's going to be the second QB off the board. 
And I think it's because hey, hold, he, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, hey man, let's, let's put this. Hey, hey, Ooh, look at that. There we go. There we go. Number seventy-four. Go, number seventy-four of Cincinnati. Let's the the, the jersey. And funny thing, and funny thing about this, man. you could go. You we actually posted these on IG. So um, I'm not just saying this because Ken is here and he's a Cincinnati guy. I legit picked Desmond Ritter to go number eight, and the reason I'm picking him is because. I think Atlanta is going to look for the most pro-ready quarterback, and I think it's Ritter because he has the most starts, most experience, and I think he processes the game the fastest right now out of all the quarterbacks. So I think they'll look at him. Nine Seahawks, I got them taking Kayvon Thibodeau. I do think he's going to fall because of all the you know the bad press he's getting about work ethic. And then ten uh, New York Jets, I got them taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. All right, all right. So who'd you have number nine at, at Seattle? Uh Kayvon Thibodeau. Wow. Okay. So you've got him falling. You got him falling that far. And again, like like uh JT said, you can find his picks and my picks on our Instagram page. I'll go through mine real quick. I've also got Trayvon Walker at number one, but JT number two. It's kind of a match made in, in heaven for the Lions. Detroit, Michigan. Michigan Wolverines, it's Aiden Hutchinson. He's staying home. So I got Trayvon to Aiden. And then number three, yo, if the ta- if the Texans pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, I, no one can help the Texans then, all right? Kayvon goes number three. The Jets, I got him with going with Icky Ikwanu, number four. And then Evan Neal to the Giants. So, Kendall, we did these before you even came on the show but even I feel even better now that I went Icky four and then Evan Neal five after your explanation. So I, I like that. And then I think Malik Willis at number six, the Carolina, they've been looking for a quarterback. I just don't think a team makes that trade up for, for Malik. And I think Detroit goes with the hometown kid at number two, the giants sauce Gardner. I think he is the first corner off the board because for whatever reason, Derek Stingley underrated, man. I don't know what it is. So, but, but sauce is going to go. And then I think number eight, Kenny Pickett. Then Seattle takes Charles cross the, uh, the, one of the other really good offensive linemen. And then the jets go get their, their uh, receiving threat finally in Garrett Wilson for Zach Wilson. All right. So JT, do we need to go? Do you need me to repeat all 30 of our picks or do you just want to kind of start, start, uh, so we get um, so criticizing we get, it's, the it's, picks. It's like it's like court. You get one strike, right? So you get the, you get the pick with <laughs> one strike. You get three uh, preemptive strikes, actually, but that's okay. Uh, to be honest with you, I, 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 you can you go first. Can. Not, knock one of our drafts. Go ahead. You go first. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm oh, saying, JT. Go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what, go what, ahead. What, what? Who do you want to question here first? Put on the stand. Ken, I I really like his I really like his draft. To be honest with you, I, I can legit see it going that way. Don, I, I, it's really hard for me to strike something on yours because I, I I didn't realize when we when you turned yours in, our drafts were going to be so similar. Um, but I guess they're a little different. They're a little yeah, a little bit they're a little the different. Top ten, yeah. I, I guess the only thing that I would probably strike on yours is you had Kenny Pickett going eight, right? Yep. So. Con- convince me that he is the second best quarterback in this draft when you haven't talked about him the entire show. Well, again, remember, it's not what I think. I, 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 I know, I know, I know. 
So I know. I'm going to go back and use your own words of why you went Desmond Ritter. And listen, I know Kendall's on the show. I'm not going to badmouth any Cincinnati Bearcat. There Do is it. no way. Do right? it. But you said you believe the NFL looks at Desmond Ritter as the most NFL no, no, ready. No, no, no. Right? No, I, I said I said I think the Falcons will. I, okay. I, I I personally think he's the most NFL ready right now, and I think that's what the Falcons are going to be looking for. It's well, kind of like I'm, the I'm Mac gonna, Jones effect. That's where I disagree, though, because if you listen to everyone, it's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, I'm pretty sure, played way more games. Not way more, but he played more games than Desmond Ritter. I mean, Kenny Pickett was like a five-year starter. He broke all of Dan Marino's records. So I think it's Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, he may not be as athletic as Malik and Desmond Ritter, but let's not forget Kenny Pickett can run. He invented. They have a new the rule slide. in college. Yeah, they have a new rule in college football because of him. Like the guy is is savvy. You know, he can throw the ball. He's athletic enough, and he has the experience. And I do think he's the most NFL ready. So that was going to be one of my critiques of yours. Is I think Desmond Ritter for that explanation, it doesn't quite fit. Is he NFL ready? Yeah, but. Let's face it, Kenny Pickett is. Doesn't mean Kenny Pickett's the best quarterback in this draft. That's why no one's talking about him. But again, when it comes to quarterbacks, Nobody's teams are going to reach. Atlanta messed up last year with Kyle Pitts. I told you, one of the most useless picks. No offense to Kyle Pitts, but what are you going to do with a great tight end when you have an aging Matt you, Ryan and you could have you know replaced him? They try to make up for the mistake and you they know go what's Kenny funny about Pickett. That though? At the time, I 100% agree with you. Like, I, I've never agreed with you more on anything in life than what you said last year. But looking back, I think I think you're wrong because, one, nope. Kyle Pitts is a stud. And w- the things that we did not know was Julio Jones was done. And oh. maybe, maybe they weren't sure about Calvin Ridley. And also, too, if they would have taken Justin Fields, do you think Justin Fields would have been better than any of these guys potentially could be? That they could they could take at the eight spot this year. I'm not I'm not 100 sure. So in, in mm, retrospect, they probably got the better player last year that is going to help them win this year. Does that make See, sense? You no, because you can't tell me after all of the stuff last year that how oh, great I still, Justin I still, Fields is. I still believe it. Well, then he should have went to Atlanta. Atlanta can't pass him up. I, I mean, you can't say, JT, you can't say all that stuff and blow all this smoke about Justin Fields and now retract it and say, you know what? I think that was a great pick at number three to go with Pitts instead of Fields. I'm not. I didn't get no, quarterback what I'm say, what I'm, who's what I'm lesser. Saying, I mean, let's what face I'm, it. What I'm saying, Desmond what I'm Ritter, Kenny Pickett. They're, they're they're not Justin Fields of what Justin Fields did in college. Let, let, let's be honest. You just gave Sorry, me the whole thing. Because where did because Justin he went Fields to Ohio go? State. Ohio State. It all ties back together. <laughs> and he started because. at Georgia. He started another one of those teams. And, and he was a five-star yes. recruit on QB1 for yes, Netflix. Was a two-star. Yeah, QB1, yes, was a two the star. Netflix Cincinnati, show. Cincinnati was his only offer. All right. <laughs> so – Don, are you are you striking? So you struck mine, I struck yours. Ken, do you want to strike any of ours? One player. Um, honestly, I feel like all everybody's was pretty like aligned, pretty close. So I really don't have any strikes, like really for anybody. But Kendall's um, too nice. He's too nah, nice. Nah, he's the best yes. attorney because he he's not trying to litigate. He's trying to settle. I like that. <laughs> That's right. Save time I really and money. Any, like super strikes. I'd maybe say cross is a little high. On Denali's, but um, oh yeah, Pickett too. Yeah, yeah, Pickett was a little high also, but um, I mean, I feel like all those guys are definitely being the first round, so they can vary because you know they trade for picks all the time. So 
be before I, be, before we no, you gotta say something because I, I want to finish up with one thing that I'm gonna ask both of y'all but I'll let you go first I want to say one more thing about yours JT I think Aiden Hutchinson I I find it hard I, I'm not saying it's impossible but I find it hard that he's been number one mocked for so long and then he's gonna fall to three you know what I mean oh, well, like what are we, we, we rarely see that maybe one to two but one to three is really That'd be unique. I, I think the reason is it's unique circumstances. I think Walker's hype is out of control. And I think Balky, True. if it was anybody else, like it's that type of guy that he would draft. And I think Malik Willis, like people can try to downplay all they want. I think a lot of teams are excited about him, which is why you see some movement. And I think the Lions are like, let the Jacksonville Jaguars pick whoever they want that's not a quarterback. And we we have the opportunity to get him. So like by process of elimination, Aiden falls to three. And I think he fits good with Houston. I, I mean, I don't want to say he's JJ Watt, but I mean, like, he just kind of seems like that type of guy. Like, I don't like big, like, he got, he doesn't have the longest arms. He's, he had one year of really good play, but like, when you look at him on tape, like you said, he, he looks like he can do some things. And I, I feel like he's a hard worker as well. So I feel like he'll fit in good with, with Houston. So that's why I see him falling to three. It's not because of his talent, it's because of the circumstances of the two teams ahead of him. So I'll ask both of you you're the Texans. All right, you're sitting there at number three. Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are there. Who are you going? Oh, hold on, time on, talk. Don't answer that question. That was actually going to be the question I was going to ask you guys. Okay. Oh. I'm not sold on Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's not all because not. of his you talent. You haven't talked about him. I'll show. Sell. Give me your best sales pitch on Kayvon to make me take him in the top three. I thought I did that earlier when I said. He's the best player in the draft. You always and, say keep and, the and show short. You did you say, say that. keep the and, show short. And, and, I, and you get and you in that presentation you gave me. I still want to see the Carfax. So give me something <laughs> else. Uh, he's he's versatile. I really feel like he's probably. I couldn't see him playing three technique. So it's kind of I guess it's kind of little checks and balances because I can see Hutchinson playing three technique and playing in. But I could see Thibodeau playing and in linebacker. Like, I feel like he could probably play middle and strong and weak linebacker if it came down to it. Is he, I feel like is, he's more. He's more versatile. Is he the most? Yeah, is he the most athletic lineman in this draft class? Because I I thought that was mm-hmm. the case coming into the combine, but I feel like it's not the case now. I'm talking about game speed. Game speed. I don't know. Hutchison, man. The, I'm just thinking about that Ohio State Michigan game. He just took the game over. Why are you not thinking about the Georgia game? <laughs> the Georgia game. Because he don't play well. <laughs> he played well the Georgia he was game. Non existent. He was non existent. He was. That's why I was like, That's why I got like about three. He, he didn't really get in that he really didn't get in that stage to play against <laughs> that type of competition. I mean, you know what I'm saying he was playing against mostly the Pac twelve. And all, all the linemen I've named are suggested, none of them have came from the Pac-12, so he would go against that type of competition. Yeah. But, but I think that's why I'd go Thibodeau over Hutchinson. Hutchinson, don't get me wrong, great player. He's always going to show up. But I do question when he's got to go against, we talk about, like, you know, that Revis, I, that Revis Island, the castaway thing there. Like, who – Am I going to rely on who do I want on that island with me? I'll take Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think the only reason, JT, he has fallen from number one off, people's, people are questioning 
his heart and desire to play and football. I, I was just going to say that. I, I feel like but if, let I'm me, gonna, if, if I'm wrong about Kayvon Thibodeau, it will be because he knew he was going to be but, a first-round pick, so he played to protect himself in college. But that's the thing. A lot of guys do that nowadays. But two, it's so hard to determine someone's heart, right? Like Tom Brady, yeah. you go look at all those measurables. You go look at the photo from the combine. Who would have ever guessed he turned into the GOAT? Right. And like sometimes we see these guys like Brian Bosworth. Oh, my God. Like this guy lives, eats, breathes football. But what happened? You, Bo, Bo Jackson. Why, 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 Bo, why you did, why Bo, you did that voice? Hey, George Jefferson? Bo Jackson. <laughs> no, no. Bo Jackson. Right. A two sport athlete, probably multiple sport. But, you know, playing baseball, then football, back to baseball. Yo, runs them over, runs around them. Monday night football. Like. Other people would have said, oh, no way Bo can do that. It's Brian. It's the boss. That, all of that doesn't matter. When you step on the field, you just never know. And all I'm saying is I'm going Thibodeau because of the measurables, because what I've seen, right? PFF, you love pro football focus, 91.5 pass rushing grade. He's a 2021 unanimous All-American. In 10 games, seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss. Those seven sacks don't seem like a lot, but – you're going, you know, Trayvon Walker, nine and a half in his right. whole career, number one overall. You know what? Forget I, I, I that. Wouldn't, I wouldn't take Trayvon number one. But hey, but it doesn't but, matter. You're saying, but, but, you're but saying thank, sell me on Thibodeau. But thank you for proving my point because how many sacks you said Kayvon had when he was All-American? He had seven, but in 10 games. But you got to remember. All right, my Kendall, sleeper. Kendall, my, my Kendall sleep, can, my ex- sleeper, my no, Kendall can explain sleep, this better than anybody. My, my was he getting double teamed, Kendall? Was Tavon T- – Kayvon is – Kayvon is – was this past year the the Aaron Donald of college football. Hey, which way are we shifting, Kendall? Yeah, wherever 99 is, say, wherever Kayvon is, we're shifting that way. Especially in the Pac-12, they were definitely game planning on him. Thank I mean, you. I mean, the offensive coordinator would be a fool not to. Like. Hey, hold on, hold on. Say that again because I'm definitely going to post that. You said Kayvon Thibodeau was the Aaron Donald of college football last year. I was wondering. I'm not going to say that. that. No, he hey, said that. Put it down. I, I, you know, put I it down. You on a lot of things. Whatever you will write it down. You. Lock it in. All right. I'll, 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 no, I'll, I'll, I, I want you to say that because that, that's that's going that's going to be that's going to be crazy engagements. All right. We, we can we can just end it on that. Kayvon Thibodeau. Hey, That's Kendall, right there. you got to back me up, Kendall. You got to oh, back hey, me up. Which nah, way we shifted to Kayvon? To Kayvon. I asked, I asked him to convince me that, that he went over the, the edge. He said, all right, last pitch. Is Aaron Donald college football? I was like, okay, all right. Did I sell right. you now? I oversold you. Hey, oversold hey. you like a used car you, sale. You, you bought out a solely, but I got to ask my wife if I could buy this car now. So hey, you, yeah, that's you, right. Use the car. conversation. All right, cool. Let's end on that then. I, I, don't, think, I don't think we can say anything else. No, man. <laughs> All right. So, Kendall, once <laughs> again. <laughs> hey, I embrace that. Hey, what John Moran <laughs> say? We don't, we don't run from the smoke. We go up the chimney, bro. We go up the chimney. <laughs> I'll embrace that. I'll embrace that. Bring that smoke.
Oh, oh that one, that hey, for those that yeah. listen to that shit, we'll be up tomorrow. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, Kendall, you oh. got to back me on it, whatever you do. Hey, he already you said he not. He said he not back. <laughs> I can't, man. He was I, was on the yeah, line. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Woo. That's blasphemous. Hey, <laughs> blasphemy. Hey. <laughs> good, thing, good thing is, hey, if 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 Kayvon is a Hall of Fame player, you gonna look like a genius. So it's 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 up there with yeah. the Mason Rudolph pick. It's either gonna be <laughs> rock bottom or it's gonna be to the moon. So we gonna see. Can we end on that note? And the, what, the, what? the quote of the year is Kayvon Thibodeau is the Aaron Donald of college football. He Y'all was. Right here he, was. He, was. he was. He was. He was. I mean, he's still with us, right? So he is. It's well, but he's no season. longer playing college football, right? No longer playing college football. So we'll end on that. King Ken, Kendall, Calhoun, thank you again, man. So much fun. You enlightened us. You made us smarter. You made our listeners smarter. No, you know, you made me smarter. Not him clear. Hey, I'm not backing down from it. You can bring it up all you want. Try to shame me. I ain't running from it. I'm not, I'm not running from I'm it. I'm not. No, no, I, I, I like it, man. You, you put your, you put your, you put your, your chest behind it. So, hey, man, look, we gonna see what happens. That's right. I said it with my chest. So, Kendall, again, thank you, man. Great show. A lot of fun. A lot of laughs. But. Great job with the analysis, especially on King Ken's court, but also NFL draft overall. So thank you again. Great job. We'd love to have you back. You know we will. So, you know, you you, you have no choice anymore. Before, you know, you got a section. You, 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 you have your own segment. <laughs> JT's going to work on a sponsor for that. All right. So uh, once again, thanks to our special guest, Kendall Calhoun, King Ken. We know we appreciate all the insight. I'm looking forward to all his predictions becoming true. So that's why we have him on the show. He's an expert. As always, they always do come true. For real, man. But no, we're not getting out of here without talking about the NBA. Can we talk about it? I mean, you wanted to talk about it. You made a big fuss about it in the production meetings. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's how it's going to go. Like, just because you want a fantasy basketball title, you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't have to talk about it anymore. Oh, say that again. Can you let the fans know who won our just fantasy league? Just because you won a fantasy basketball title by eight rebounds, you think you don't have to talk about basketball anymore. I, I see. Shout out, to, shout out to my guy, Moses Brown. He won me the fantasy title because of 25 rebounds total over the weekend. Yeah, was, I mean, really, great really shout out to Jokic and the Wednesday night because they did unbelievable shit that will never happen again. That's neither here nor there. So I know the NBA playoffs just started, but we're just going to briefly go through a review of the NBA season. Um, some things that we saw, we just want to really talk about uh, quick recap. But, um, you know, you know how these go. We're going to start off by talking bad about somebody, probably and talking good about others. But let's start with the good. So uh, give me one team that was a big surprise to you this year. The biggest surprise to me this year, and I don't like saying this, but I got to be objective about it, is were the Cleveland Cavaliers, JT. I mean, they were technically, if we're going back to two, three years ago and beyond, they were, they're in the playoffs. They're, they were a seventh seed technically, and then they lost the two play-in games. But the fact that they were a seventh seed in the East at 44 and 38. JT, in 2021, they were 22 and 50. They had, oh, the, I remember. They had the fourth 
worst record in all of the NBA. And now they're the seventh seed in the East. I mean, they're no doubt. And they did it without your guy, Colin Sexton, right? He was pretty much injured the whole year. Ricky Rubio gets injured about halfway through. So he takes over for Sexton and then he gets hurt. Karis Levert, he missed time during the season. Jared Allen missed some key, you know, moments in, in some time there, especially at the end. Every day I looked at the NBA standings, JT, it, I was mesmerized that the Cavs were continually in the top seven, top six, top seven spots in the East. So to me, if someone would have said the Cavs at the beginning of the year are going to be the seventh seed at 44 and 38 in a strong East, I would have said, no way. Like, there is no way that's going to happen. And I think that's why they're the biggest surprise. Did they have the best team? You know, were they most the, the most exciting? I would say no. I don't even know if technically they were the most improved, but as far as a surprise to me, really, I mean, they relied on a rookie like Mobley. Like to me, it was the Cavs, no doubt. Yeah, I almost picked them too. I mean, I I think the bigger story with them is just everybody took the next step. Like Garland took the next step. I think For Colin sure. Sexton would have taken the next step too. Jared Allen took the next step. And then, like you said, Mobley, everybody thought he was going to be good, but nobody thought he would be this NBA ready. So yeah, they they were they were up there the whole year. I had to go the other route. To me, it's the Grizzlies, and I feel like for obvious reasons, they went from a 38-win, 8-seed the previous year to number 2-seed, 50-plus wins. Like, that's a huge jump. That's like LeBron, Cleveland Cavaliers-type stuff right there. And I think the craziest thing that was a surprise to me is two things happened in the same season that it weren't supposed to happen that was special with this team. One, John Morant came on the scene as a superstar. Like, I think there's no doubt about it, like, he was in the MVP race most of the year until he got hurt at the end. And like everybody is like, all right, now going forward, Jaw's a superstar until he shows us otherwise. But then you look at when Jaw wasn't playing, they were 19 and two, which is crazy. So I don't know what to expect this team going forward. It's like, is that a good problem to have that you now have this bona fide superstar and then you can also win games without him? Or is it something that is going to trouble them down the line? But I just look at everything that happened with them this year, like that ascension to a top two seed. I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Maybe well, six, maybe six at most, but two, like two is basically almost one. Like if the Phoenix Suns weren't the number one seed, I feel like they would be much closer to be a number one seed. See, the thing is, though, it's to me why it's the Cavs. And I'm not know, saying you're wrong. No, I, no, no. I had the Cavs on my list too. I, I know what I'm going to say, hey, if we're splitting hairs here, I want to split hairs, right? You talk about the biggest surprise. The Grizzlies were an eighth seed last year. They were four games above 500. Yes. Was it a surprise that they're a two seed? Absolutely. But as far as the biggest, yes. if someone would have said. Yes, it was a but, big surprise. They but, were number two. Seed. But JT, the Grizzlies improved 18 wins. The Cavs did 22. And if someone would have said the Cavs oh. would have been the sixth seed oh, we pretty really much all year. Point. You're hey, right. The hey, literal sense. The literal sense. Yeah. That's why I can't do a show with you. Like you, you, you are like a cheap accountant. Like you will down to the fucking pennies. Jesus. Hey. All right. So hey, that's why I win these debates all the time. No, you don't. Anyway, my my mine was a two seed. Yours was a seven. So whatever. So let's flip the script. Uh, disappointment. And I feel like we're good enough on this show that we're not going to go for the obvious low hanging fruit. But 
I don't know. It might be one of those types of days for you. So, okay. So, so this is what I'm going to say. If you're not going to go for the low hanging fruit, I will then. Cause I put All two right, go teams ahead. down. I, I'll do it. I'll do it. How is it not the Lakers JT? <laughs> I mean, I know it's the low hanging fruit, but man, that fruit is really no, good. Low like, hanging fruit, that shit is on the ground. That, <laughs> that's how bad this is. I, I expected more from you. It already fell in the basket. Like it fell off the tree in the basket. I just got to pick up the basket and take it home. You're not I even mean, paying for it. <laughs> like, how, I mean, how is it really not the Lakers? Yeah, if we want to, if we want to have like a real hot take, okay, you pick another team, but it's the Lakers, JT. They ended up 11, 33 and 49. No playoffs, no playing game again. If you would have told you, yourself, or me that at the beginning of the year, we would have been like, no way. We're going to take the, the the odds that they make the playoffs, right? I mean, the collapse at the end of the year, I know a lot of it was because of injuries, but man, I mean, that was an ultimate, like an all-time collapse. And this is, when I thought about it, this is the kicker, JT. They have four. Not one, not two, not three, but four of the top 75 players of all time. LeBron, AD, Westbrook, and Carmelo. Four. I'll do it again. Not one, not two, not three, but four of the top 75 NBA players of all time. And they were an 11 seed. The NBA stretched it to 10 seeds with the play in seven through 10, and they still couldn't make it. And listen, if this was like, you know, my Orlando Magic, if this was the Atlanta Hawks, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. But the fact that it's the Lakers franchise, Magic, Kareem, Jerry West, Wilt, Shaq, Kobe, this is a no-no for this organization. By far, whatever else you're going to say, that's fine. But we both know it's the Lakers. That's why I prefaced it by saying the low hanging fruit. And <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess, you know, when they go high, he going low. Like he is petty. He don't give a damn. He's not mature. He's not taking the high road. You just don't impress me as that type of person. But I mean, it is the Lakers. To me, I, I other than picking the Lakers, I really wanted to go with the team that maybe this is my personal expectations for them because on paper, I thought they looked so much better than they actually ended up being. And it was the Bulls. And you look at the Bulls, like just look at what they have around them. Your guy, Vooch, Levine, DeRozan playing at an MVP level. And they have Lonzo. They have uh, these draft picks. Lonzo was have, hurt. Lonzo was hurt. I don't know. I'm going to get to that. And they have Caruso. Now, I'm going to say, yes, injuries played into it, but I think the injuries are just an excuse for what's really wrong with this team because they kind of had these issues at the end of last year, and I think they're going to have these issues next year. I just think it's a problem with questionable coaching and also, too, I don't think they have an identity as a team, especially on defense, because you look at the defense, they were bottom 10 in everything. I mean, defense, defensive rating, rebounds, steals, blocks, Every defensive stat that you can think about, they were a bottom 10 team. And I'm like, I know you don't have to play elite defense to win the NBA, but I'm like, this team is way too talented to be just a six seed. Like, on paper, just look at that team. Like, I could think of some teams, like, I would expect them to annihilate the Cavs on paper at the beginning of the season. Like, I would expect them to be maybe a top three seed on paper, and they did not live up to it. And I feel like, I don't know how they pulled off the six seed, but I feel like they played much worse than that throughout the year. And 
I just don't know what to expect from this team going forward. Like, I don't know what to expect from them next year because I don't know who they are, and I don't think they do either. So let me ask you this. How much better they were a six seed in the East? How much better did you want them to be? Because, JT. I just told you I thought they would be a three. A top okay, three seed. so let, let's, let's quickly go through it. The Heat, the Celtics. No, here's, the, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, about, let me just roll, let, let me roll off the, let me roll off the teams, right? Heat, the Heat are loaded, however you look at it, and they have coaching. You've got the Celtics. You knew the Celtics were going to be there. In Nobody the thought they were going to be a three seed. But Nobody thought that. But they would still be a top five seed. Well, hold on, right? hold on. And I'll, I'll, hold on. I'll, hold on. The, the Bucs defending I, champs and like 76ers. You're, 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 at, you're, at, you're asking the wrong question because I feel like you're, you're – I feel like I'm – because you're dogging taking, them for a six no, seed. You're, I'm you're explaining taking, why they're the six seed. You're taking into account what, how things ended up. I'm talking about what we expected at the beginning of the season. Did you think the Celtics would be better than the Bulls on paper before the season started? I thought they'd be a top five for sure. I didn't the think only the team, three. the only team you can say is Toronto. Okay, but those other five teams I mentioned again: the Sixers, the Bucks, defending. I thought champs, they would be better than the Celtics. Sixers, to be honest with you, I thought they would be better than the Sixers. No I can way. honestly say that I did because because the whole thing with Ben Simmons, nobody knew it was going to happen. I'm like, okay, if they don't have Ben Simmons, like, how is this going to work? The Bulls literally had no question marks. Like that team looked like it was loaded, and of course injuries did some of that, but it's not hiding the fact they're still but, a bad but, defensive But when you talk about that's part of the reason but, why they disappointed. See, I think your expectations were higher than everyone else outside of Chicago because I looked at how they played at the end of last year. What changed? What You tell me what would have changed. The Rosen's a year older. Vucevic didn't gel with the team. So to me... I just think, Vuce, I just think Vucevic... Where's the disappointment? Not, I think... I think Vucevic is probably the biggest issue because he doesn't play defense and he's not a rim protector. But also, too, I, I you starting to see you you laugh at me when I say this. Somebody got to get the shots. He was getting that in Orlando and he's not getting that in Chicago. So I don't know if he has the same value. But that's just what I said. I said I didn't want to take the low hanging fruit. I went with Chicago. I had expectations if, for them that were high. Yes. The other team that I had, I'm not going to go through, but the other team I had was the Portland Trailblazers. So yeah, really didn't expect much from them. But all right. Uh, so See, I, I would have expected more from them than the Bulls because I think no, the Bulls at the five or six seed is, is just where I'm they not, are. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to front with you. I, I did consider the Trailblazers as well, but I'm like, I just really in my head thought Chicago was just going to be that team. And they kind of like they were on fire at the beginning of the season a little bit. So I was like, all right, here it goes. And then that shit just went off a cliff. All right. So you already kind of alluded to it. It's always next season, right? So let's kind of give like a little mini preview to next year uh this is always good for you know nba purposes fantasy purposes all that stuff but we like going to our crystal ball and predicting things so i want you to give me three players that are going to take big strides next season and essentially come out it's going to be their coming out party they're probably going to take that next leap into superstar and like a john morant type uh leap yeah see i don't i don't like this part of the segment because you know, as reigning champion, I feel like I'm giving you some advice for next year. Well, Moses fantasy. Brown ain't going to be on this list, so you can't help. <laughs> you know what? Moses Brown is, so, you know, I hope you take him. No. Hey, funny uh, funny thing about Moses Brown, you actually been on him for like three years because yeah. you, you, he was always on your team, with like, even when he was on the Thunder. Like, yes. Moses Brown does Moses Brown things, but he's always going to find a way onto your roster. He is. He is. 
So I've got – all right, so my first one here is Emmanuel Quickly. I think his time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's on my fantasy team. Shout out to, to Quickly. He helped me win it. Listen. His he time did. is Tri- triple-double. He's buying his time. You look at last year, you look at this year. He's that next, like, double-double point guard in the NBA. He just needs to get his minutes. JT, I'll give you a quick glimpse of why. Three of his last four games, he finally hit 30 minutes in three of the last four games. In those three games, all right, in those three games, these are his three-game stats. 20-10-10, and 10, the oh, other game. Why are you reading the stats? I just lived this in the playoffs. I know what the man put up. You ain't got to say that the, shit. The fans got to know. He went 20, 10, and 10, triple-double. Then he went 23 points, 10 assists, six boards. And then he did another triple-double, 34 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. I mean, the guy, I, I'm not going to compare him to Russell Westbrook, but he gives you those vibes that if he can play north of 30 minutes – and Julius Randle is not being inefficient, then quickly might be that next breakout player. We're talking breakout players, JT. We're not talking about all-stars and all-time greats. Just breakout. He gets his minutes. He's going to break I'm, out. I, I, I didn't say anything. Stop having a guilty conscience. Who's I, the next person on your I, I see your I see your face. I've got – this is my John ja Morant possible guy, all right? This is the guy that's going to elevate the team maybe the way a Darius Garland did for, for Cleveland. I've got Cade Cunningham. You know, he averaged 17 and a half, five and a half boards, 5.6 assists. I see him as that Trey Young, John Morant guy where they're going to build around him. He's going to get his stats, but not only that, he's going to actually improve the team, improve the franchise. They have a guy to build around. They have a guy to sell tickets with, and they're going to get better because he's going to, even have a better season next year than his rookie year. And then my third guy, this is kind of a shot in the dark, but if you want one of those, you know, guys that maybe people haven't heard of that starts to become known, I think it's Austin Reeves, JT of the LA Lakers. I think LeBron sitting out and I think maybe LeBron should be the Lakers next coach and be a player coach, but that's just my opinion. We won't get into that. But I think LeBron looking back is going to say, you know what? I don't know about Westbrook. I don't know about these guys that I thought could score like a Malik Monk. We maybe need to have Austin Reeves as our third score behind myself and AD. And listen, a third score with LeBron getting 17 points a game, hitting some threes. That's a really good player. And I think Austin Reeves can maybe fill that role and hopefully LeBron kind of saw that when he was out at the end. Let me give you his stat. I think it was the last game of the year. 31 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals in a block, right? Like, JT, you don't just do that in the NBA. I know you said someone's got to get points, but you just don't have a stat, a whole stat line like that in the NBA and not be able to play. So LeBron on his team with AD just can he can continue to improve his game and not have the pressure of needing to score 25 a night. Yeah, I like the I like that one because I think he can still develop, obviously, on offense. But I just think sometimes when your third best score is also an elite defender or has potential to be, I think that kind of like increases the value of him on the team. So I do like him for his defense, but that's a sneaky one. I did not expect you to go that way. So 
I'm going to start with the number one I had because you have him on your list, too. I think it's Cade Cunningham, and I'm just going to go a step further. I just think the second half showed that he's going to be an NBA superstar, the next NBA superstar. Like, next year, the leap I think he's going to take is going to be, like, damn. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit he, might be pushing for the playoffs. I, I'm I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if it's next year, but down the line, he's going to be an MVP candidate, in my opinion. I think he is. And I think if they – First of all, I think if they get a new coach, because Dwayne Casey, I don't know about him, but playing him together with another guy, Killian Hayes, who I think has upside, just needs more minutes like Austin Reeves, I think those two together could be really good because they're both really good on defense, and they can do a lot of things. They can score. They can get rebounds. They can get assists. Like, they got some talent on that team, but K is next man up, like KD said. Like, they see it. And and they're going to get another high pick. You already got a Sadiq Bay in there, a Jeremy Grant. Maybe you can move Jeremy Grant for more picks or some Please veterans. Please move Jeremy Grant. Please. <laughs> Please. I don't watch this man play. Um, I'm going to, for my second guy, I'm going to the same team, but different player. It's RJ Barrett. And as much as I hate to admit it, like at times it's ugly to watch him play. But you watch what he did down the stretch. I like that legit. one. I like he's that legit. one. And the only thing I will say about Barrett is if he can clean up his percentages from the free throw and from the field and maybe just up it a little bit on defense, I think he's going to end up being what Knicks fans wanted Julius Randle to be. Like, I see it at R.J. Barrett, and I think other players in the NBA saw it this year, too. I think he's going to be the truth. But, JT, how much more can he improve right now statistically while Julius Randle's on the team? That That's my that's, only concern because I, I like your I like that that choice. It just worries me how much more can he get because Randall's got to eat too. It's, yeah, I understand it's about the usage. I think here's here's best case scenario in two situations. Let's say Randall stays. I think he can he can make the leap, just clean up his percentages. I think he can. Okay. Now, if Randall leaves, sky's the limit because the usage is yeah. gonna go through him. And I think naturally having that usage, that those other things can improve. So I think it's I don't really think it depends on Julius Randle at all. I think this is just a natural progression of how things are going to go. Barris is going to be the guy on that team. It's his team. And then my third guy, I actually really like this, and I think this was the dumbest trade in NBA history. It's Tyrese Halliburton. Bro, how do you trade a potential top five point guard to make another point guard who's already proven he can't win games happy? Like, that makes no sense. Pacers got a steal, and I think – what they can do if they can move Brogdon and bring in some another you know guy in the backcourt, Buddy Hill seems to be a good fit there. I like the combination of the young big guys they have if they decide to move Miles Turner, bro. Halliburton, you want to talk about MVP candidate? I think he's probably going to be in that conversation at some point next year. And I think the leap that Darius Garland took this year, I think Halliburton's going to take a leap even further next year. Like his yeah. skill set is off the charts. Yeah, I think Halliburton's in the in the in the mold of uh, Murray and Garland. How they took a step, I think. And, and Halliburton kind of did already this past year, to be yeah. honest. So I never understood why the Kings took him in the first place. Not not anything against Halliburton. It's you already Cause we had because we're like yeah, you, Fox and nobody you already had Fox. It's good, and then you trade him. Instead of maybe Fox, because you see Halliburton might be a little bit more versatile than Fox, but hey, I don't, I don't know. I guess the Kings are at the bottom all the time for a reason, hey, like you, like the Magic. Can you imagine if Halliburton was playing with Sabonis right now? I think that would be a perfect fit. But, I mean, those guys, got, are, those guys are so Fox. dynamic. They're so versatile, both of those, you know? They're, they're matchup nightmares at times. Yeah, and I think because Sabonis gives you spacing issues, that's terrible for Fox, where Halliburton, I think, can get around that. 
All right, so let's go with, let's say, somebody that wasn't so lucky to have a good season this year. They didn't play up to expectations. Bounce back, comeback season. Give me one guy for next year who's going to make us forget about this year. I think it's an easy pick, and I'm not so worried next year as much about his health because he was off this whole year, and it's Zion Williamson, JT. Damn! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Zion, think about what he did the year before, meaning last year in 2021 season, 61 games, so he missed only 11 because there was only 72 games last year. But he averaged 27 points a game, JT. Like, we forget about that. 27 in the NBA, that's ridiculous. And then he had over seven rebounds a game, 3.7 assists per game. I'm telling you right now, whatever the odds are in Vegas, put the money down on him, comeback player of the year, hands down, JT. I mean, he's already dunking, and I don't think they're going to bring him back. So he's literally going to have – like 14, 15 months off. And that's probably exactly what this guy needed. Now we're talking just next year. I'm not talking long-term. He's going to be healthy enough next year to get his stats, win comeback player of the year. And people are going to forget about what happened this year. And, and, you know, that's the question you ask. Oh, who are we going to forget about that had a bad year? It's Zion. We're going to forget he sat out all this year because he's going to stay healthy long enough. Now down the road, that's another question, but next year it's Zion Williamson. Damn, I agree with you. My boy is still fat and already dunking. I love it. He's he's definitely coming. He's he, definitely gonna be he's nice, man. He's in shape. He's he's jacked up. Yeah, whatever. But I I agree with you, and I think it has more to do with him mentally than physically at this point. I think if he's in a good situation, he'll quickly remind people what, what all the hype was about. Like, it's no doubt about it. It's Zion. I agree with you. I'll probably be in Vegas before NBA season starts, and I will be putting money down on Zion. Yeah, so. It'll be part of your extended vacation. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you want you want to take a look outside? That's this is not a vacation. Trust me. Oh, it's a blizzard outside. <laughs> the blizzard outside right now, but he calls that vacation. Haters Listen, will always. The only blizzard I told JT this, and I'll tell the fans: the only blizzard JT has seen in his life is the one from Dairy Queen. All right. No, nah, I've seen it. I've seen it for the past eleven days. So. Look, I got videos to prove it. I don't got to listen to this beratement from you. But let's flip the script on that same question. Uh, Which one player that you see declining between now and next season? Oh, man. I'm stuck between two guys here, JT. I feel like we might have have one of the same guys. I'll let you go first this time. I'll let you go first. I think it's easy. There's only one guy that could be on this list. Uh oh, it's James Harden. Ah, that's that was one of my two. So go Absolute. ahead, I'll, I'll I'll do the other one. I'll I'll give you this low hanging fruit. Absolutely, James Harden. It's for obvious reasons. He's getting older. Showing up and being out of shape is starting to become a consistent thing with him. And you can only do that so many times before it catches up. Totally agree. Exactly. With you. We yeah. thought he had the fat suit, but we turned out the fat suit wasn't the suit. It was really him. And now he's getting older. He's got all these soft tissue soft tissue injuries popping up, like the hamstring. As a normal human being, when you get older, you get fatter, you get out of shape, injuries just don't happen less. Like, that's not how life works. So unless he has some sort of miraculous diet change or lifestyle change, it's obvious he's going to decline. And you saw it. That's part of the reason why he fell out with the Nets. Came in over shape. It came in uh, out of shape, couldn't do anything against the top stars in practice. Kyrie was putting the clamps on him. And you really saw how he struggled since that first week in Philly. Like, he can't shoot. The NBA is not officiating the game the way 
that made him a star in the first place. So if if everything's changing around you, he's basically becoming like the old centers used to be in the NBA, like a Roy Hibbert. One year he's an all-star, next year he's in the G League because the game is changing and he's out of shape. So James Harden, I'm telling you, this is your last shot. Get it together or you're going to be in the strip clubs permanently. Well, there's, there's a couple things I'll add to that, and I'll go to my guy. He turns 33 this summer, JT. He shot 47% overall from the field in 2021 during the 2021 season. This year, JT, 41%. That 6% is a big difference. And the last thing I'll say is he's only averaging 22 points per game. Like, it's been going south since about three seasons ago. So it's not getting better. All right, so you're, you're right there. That was the low-hanging fruit. He was he was on my list as number one. The other guy I'll throw out there, and it's just because he had such a great season, I don't see how he can duplicate it or even get close to it, and it's DeMar DeRozan. He turns 33 this summer, all right? He was an all-star this past year. JT, he averaged 27.9 points per game, almost 28, along with five rebounds and five assists. Like, to me... It's not that he's like in a sharp decline. It's just I don't see how he can repeat what he just did. He was an MVP candidate for like three quarters of the season. Like, I think that's where the decline is. It's a natural decline in that he can't keep those stats up if Levine is healthy. And that's the other thing, right? Lonzo will be back. Levine, you know, you always expect the guy to be healthy the whole season. So that would be Levine. I would think. You know, Ayo Desunmu is going to have a larger role, and he's only finishing the first year of his contract, and he stayed healthy. So, you know, DeRozan still has two more years on that contract, and his game is, is you know, it doesn't allow for any wear and tear. And I just see DeRozan, wear and tear is going to occur, turning 33 played a lot this year. He's He hasn't missed many games throughout his career, and I think that's where the wear and tear will catch up. He just I, – I would be shocked if he averaged even over 24 points a game next year. You know what's crazy about that? I kind of agree with you, and then I, I really didn't agree with that last part. I actually think his game is built for decline because it's just mid-range. Like, you could do that as an older person. But I, I, I do agree with you on this. You, you're that's telling me he's not a slasher at all, though? He is, he is, but I feel like what made him special this year was that mid-range he can get it anytime he wants to. So that make, that means he's a shooter. But it's funny. You, the 27 points a game, I've 28. never seen. 28. I've never seen 28 points a game feel like it was 33. Like, it that's felt true. like 33 points a game. Like, every yeah. time I looked up, DeRozan, 35, 40, 37, 38. Like, he was, he was, he was getting buckets this year, and I'm like – Damn, he only averaged 28. I know 28 points is a lot, but, like, the stats he was putting up, like, three quarters of the season, I'm like, oh, he's going to be the scoring champ. Like, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. But, yeah, I do see it. I do see him declining because, like you said, it's just going to be more mouths to feed because more people are going to be healthy. And it's just impossible. It's like in, in the NFL, like, a quarterback throws 40-something touchdowns. Like, you know that's coming down the next year. Like, that rate can't, is right. not sustainable. Right. And, and listen, it's a compliment to DeMar DeRozan. I know it doesn't sound like it, but it is because the beast player. He, he had such a phenomenal year and no one thought he could do that anymore. And like, that's just a shout out to him that, listen, I hope you can repeat it. I just think there's a natural decline as you get older. And, and like you said, there's going to be a lot of players that want to get theirs on that team that are veterans. If DeMar DeRozan has taught us anything this year is that 
Nick Nurse in Toronto. You so not everybody can shine there. So free my guy Chris Boucher because I feel like he can go off if he gets traded somewhere. Is there something about Nick Nurse? Once you get out from under there, you start shining. Wow, wow. Hey, Fred Van Vliet's done pretty well. Siakam's done pretty well. Yeah, guys. You want to talk about disappointments this year? Has, has done pretty well. So. We we could put Van Vliet and Siakam on the disappointment list this year because I know we expect a lot out of them. Mm. But we we were, eh, maybe. Maybe. So, JT, great episode, man. That wraps up the NBA portion of the show, and that wraps up the show. So thank you again to our guy, Kendall Calhoun, for coming on the show. That was awesome, as always, as we get you ready for the NFL draft. And thank you to you out there, our listeners and followers. As always, we couldn't, nor would we do it without you guys. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And also follow us on social media, our handle JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So And TikTok. So you got to start saying TikTok. Oh, I got to add I'm that on, on there. You got to add, add that to the list, bro. TikTok. Listen, I'm not doing any dancing on TikTok, all right? Just put yeah, it we, we working there. on that, y'all. So if y'all no. want to see Don dance no. and do all the challenges, that shit is coming soon. No, I cannot dance. I'll let you know now. I want to see if JT can dance. I don't I know if he go, can. I want you to go viral. So if you do it, we'll go viral. Yeah, but that would go viral in the wrong way, man. You embarrassing me. Man, hey, man. Hey. To- Hey, does it do embarrassment dollar bills get taken the same way as non-embarrassed dollar bills? I don't know because yeah, you know exactly you, our budget pays your salary, so I ain't a, seen no dollar bills. A million dollars in embarrassment is the same thing as a million dollars in non-embarrassment. So, hey, man, we'll we'll discuss it. Go ahead. All right, all right. So, remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. So, JT, great episode, man. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.